jazz basil back in cia movies shows blacklist <laughs> everything thank you for coming back and most importantly going and getting them kids buddy thanks tommy appreciate it. it's good to be here always it's just fun we like it so before we get into all like the nasty stuff you know that shooting in uh idaho where you can go to tab two where the college kids you know four of them two of them were stabbed or what exactly happened with that yeah all four were stabbed i believe right yeah yeah now what, yeah. now, what do you think of this? Because the father, I guess, got a private investigator because they weren't giving him anything. And the father had said, well, how can four people, I guess there was six people total, four people got stabbed, right? Do you know anything yeah, about Yeah, six this? in the house. Uh, the four upstairs got stabbed. And uh, the ones down in the basement, I think, if I read the report correctly, were left alive or didn't hear anything or whatever, yeah. So why is it taking them so long? What do you think's going on here? You know, it, it could be it could be strategic. Um, look, the police could actually know who the killer is. They could be saying we don't know who it is. We have no leads, just to kind of give them some breathing room, you know, so they'll make another mistake. It could be that. Uh, it could be that they just don't have a lead. Um, I don't. I don't think it's a matter. Well, I guess it could be the third. I guess they could know who it is. And they just don't want to disclose it. Um, it's hard to say at this stage, to be honest with you. It's uh, scroll down a little bit. They, they kind of say an update somewhere, or maybe not. Oh, they cut it off. Well, before what they were saying was <clears throat> was that everybody was stabbed differently, but there was two other people in that room. And how could those two other people not be aware of the other four people getting stabbed? Yeah, was it was there two in one room, two in another room, right? Yeah, something <coughs> like that. Something where yeah. there was two other people in the house that didn't get attacked, but somehow didn't hear anything. Yeah, you know, if you um, if you muffle somebody, if you go into their room and you put your hand over their mouth and stab them in the neck, uh, they're not going to talk. You could go from that person to the person laying next to you. It depends if there were two people in the same bed. I mean, you know, it's, it's seconds away of two stabs to the neck. Nobody on the other room would have probably heard anything. But who would be skilled that much enough Good question. in that type of situation to know that? Well, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of movies out there to teach people a lot of, to do a lot of really weird stuff. Dumb question. You know, yeah. um, there's a lot on on the internet. I mean, pretty much you can look up anything you want. Who knows who who it was? I don't think it would necessarily has to be a paid professional. Um, to do that, to be honest with you, I mean, it doesn't take a paid professional to play video games that, you know, like Call of Duty or whatever, and then go get a weapon and then go out and shoot anybody. That is true because yeah. they've made them so realistic now that, I mean, you can do flight simulators. Yeah. Like on Metaverse, you can learn how to fly a plane, kind of, yeah. through the Metaverse. Yeah. I think with this case, you know, the community, uh, from what I understand, is a really tight community. Uh, they may pitch in and may be able to help, but um, I think, I hate to say it, but I think we just got to give the police officers there and the law enforcement time to do their job. You know, an investigation like this um, is not an easy thing to do, and they may be very well doing the very best they can, but at the same time, if they are collecting evidence, um, they may not want the bad guys to know that. So it's best sometimes to just stay quiet until you've gotten everything, until they actually round up the bad person who did this you know i i think i kind of think that's what they're doing because they said that they had got 500 pieces of evidence like forensic evidence mm -hmm. and then 
everybody was breathing down their neck that they're taking forever, blah, 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 blah. And when you agree that the worst thing to do is to pressure those investigators because now they're rushed, maybe they missed something. And then if I'm the dad, I'm just waiting for them to start looking at me because yeah. now that it's been taking so long, I'm just waiting for them to come and question me and start accusing me of doing, killing. Because at first I thought, I don't know, maybe, maybe the dad has something to do with it. Well, you know, <coughs> excuse me. So look at some investigations that take years before you find out who the who the bad person was, the murderer or whatever it may be. I mean, look, sometimes they solve a cold case 20, 30 years later. So not everything falls into place as quickly as we want it to. And again, because we're not there and we're not doing the investigation, to speculate on what they are doing or failing to do, I think would uh, not be proper at this stage, to be honest with you. Sure, everybody, we live in this world, it's... it's um, a world of instantaneous whatever relief instantaneous satisfaction instant we want it right now why because you know we get on our phone and it's right there or you know we speed up the computer and it's right there and uh, some things in the world don't work that way you know and this may be one of those cases where we just have to let them do their job and hopefully and prayerfully they uh, come up and find out who did it yeah. What do you think, Rob? What's your opinion on that case? I haven't really followed much along with it, honestly. I've seen, I've seen the, uh, you know, some of the news reports about it. I just think that, I, I think we're kind of bad. I think they know who it is, but they're trying to get enough evidence put on them, but they don't want to go out and say it, right? So let him think he's gotten away. They're building up their evidence, and they'll just go make the arrest. So mm -hmm. I think it's probably a love triangle or something. Who knows? You know, four college kids. You're in college, dumb, doing stupid stuff. You mm. know, that's that's my thought. And like you said, now with TikTok, you know, everybody's attention span is what sixty seconds, and if, then, if that, <clears> if <throat> that, seven, and then yeah. you see all the other ones trying to compete with TikTok with the sixty-second attention span. You got YouTube Shorts, you got Instagram Reels. Yeah, everybody's trying to compete with the attention span. They are, and if you look at, you know, we just had this. Sadly, we just had this case this week of the little seven-year-old girl um, that was kidnapped by the FedEx driver. UPS or FedEx? FedEx, right? It was FedEx, right? FedEx, FedEx yeah. And uh, they solved that case within, what, within 48 hours? So every investigation is different. And I think this one is, uh, look, quite honestly, it's still a mystery to people like all of us who, you know, have seen stuff like this for a long time. Now, with this one, do you think yeah. this went so quick because FedEx was involved and they had money to, to push it forward to get it out of the headlines for yeah. FedEx? I don't you know, know what the evidence was. I don't know if they collected off cameras. Uh, there may, might have been a neighborhood camera that actually saw the FedEx driver sure. pick the little girl up. You know, but whatever, they, they worked really fast with it, and um, I wish the outcome had been different. And well, it says he confessed. He yeah, confessed yeah. to the he crime. To the told crime. Him, yeah, <coughs> and where um, the body was. Yeah, we. It's interesting about this case. Um, as you know, um, Tina and myself, my wife, she's uh, our director of human trafficking for ARC, and uh, I remember uh, trying to contact an agency in Denver, who was just a startup NGO, and the uh, lady that I saw on the uh, news report made a statement. She goes. You know, she goes, um, it's not like there are white vans running around just grabbing children and molesting them and killing them. That doesn't really happen. Excuse me? 
what was this <laughs> white man yeah you know and so this you know sometimes we have people that really speak out of turn and aren't downrange and they don't know look when it comes to children this girl is seven years old um they're a target for the most evil things in the world and so there's not just one set method of abducting a child yeah there can be white vans green vans there can be vans there can be cars a guy could ride by on a bicycle they can be lured by their computer i mean so when you pigeonhole something like that and you make a statement like that doesn't happen you're setting yourself up for failure and, and that lady and that organization did exactly that uh, in my opinion and we've been doing this since 1993 i don't think you can say there's just one way or nor can you say it never happens that way you know since since you guys started arc how do you get people to believe you, you know if you go and you say to a mother hey you really have to watch your two-year-old or three-year-old outside out front oh she's just out front nothing's gonna happen <clears throat> if we put a thousand mothers in here 900 out of a thousand if they're being honest they're gonna say yeah i let my daughter out front you know i watch her but you know i'll go in and get a drink and come right back out you know since you've done this since what 99 with arc since 93 93 wow yeah. congratulations both of you uh how do you get through that because when i've said yeah. it to people after talking to you and realized how nuts this is because i didn't realize how nuts it was until i started reading through everything on arc how do you project to somebody that has their mindset hey look this shit's out there and it doesn't matter what you show them oh that's one in a million whatever what do you do as arc to get people to believe look you got to really watch yeah well you know we have a, a social media presence people know that we go after abducted children um there's obviously a portion of that is awareness of what's happening and then we have a six-day equipping course where we teach people how to actually run operations and go save kids and in a course like that you know the reality of all of this ugliness is brought brought to their attention um, most of the time we've got people in that course just can't believe what they're seeing or hearing because it's not I mean we show you know they sign an NDA and we're showing live stuff you know out there so it boils down to parents that care and parents that don't care and if you care you generally make it a point to be aware of your surroundings like where are my kids what could happen to my kids how far can my kids leave you know can be away from me how far is that and then sadly and it's the case with most of the kids that get abducted their parents don't care enough or sometimes their parents are just stupid you know they're so wrapped up in their own life that they don't pay attention to their kids I remember uh, Tina and I were driving past the neighborhood one time and it was a there were all these uh, workers construction workers just right across the street from a house and in the front yard in one of those little plastic swimming pools was a little four-year-old there's nobody watching her at all just she was just out there totally innocent and I and I looked over and I could see the construction workers literally eyeing the little girl this was like a, like they're the ones looking to make sure right well well <clears throat> or the other one no the other who one. knows it was just a bad scene it was it was not good how quickly could that little girl get snapped up in seconds and be gone and they would never see her again um so the world has changed drastically it's not that that child abduction hasn't happened 30 or 40 years ago of course it did but now um there is 
so much, we are surrounded by so much evil that we can't even count the ways anymore. So children are uh, a commodity, whether it's child sex trafficking, child pornography, satanic cults using kids for sacrifice or kids for body parts or whatever it may be, or the cartel using them to traffic drugs or whatever. It's beyond anything that we have seen in our, in at least in my time on this earth and my um, research uh, to a great degree shows that it's greater now than it probably has been since the times of Baal and Moloch when they were sacrificing children, you know, for things, weird things like that. So um, we try to tell parents that, you know, keep your kids close, know where they are 24-7, and certainly know where they are when they're on the computer too because you, you can lock your front and front door and back door, but if you let your kid open up their computer unsupervised, every pedophile in the world can talk to them and try to groom them and lure them in. So this is the world we live in. The only thing about nowadays, <clears throat> I, I don't know if it's always parents that don't care. This episode is brought to you by Fiji. More than just water. This is not just rock. It's ancient volcanic rock that filters tropical rain giving it double the electrolytes and its signature soft, smooth taste. It's not just water, it's Fiji water. This episode is brought to you by Let's Get Checked. Are you the man your father was? Recent studies have shown that men's testosterone levels have dropped substantially since the 1980s at about an average of 1% per year. Think about how old your father was when he was born. For example, if he was 30, your testosterone levels could be 30% lower than his. Low testosterone levels can have all type of health effects on men. It can affect your mood, sex drive, memory, muscle mass loss, you name it. And yes, low testosterone is more common the older you get, but it can affect men at any age. So let's talk about today's sponsor, Let's Get Checked. You can order a testing kit that will be delivered to you in a discreet packaging with next day delivery. Once your sample arrives in the laboratory, confidential results will be available from your secure online account within two to five days. So... If you want to test your hormone levels without having to leave your home, visit trylgc.com backslash mscsmedia and get 25% off your test using the code mscsmedia. The link is in the description at the top. Because this generation is feeded down by the news, brainwashed by the news, brainwashed by the internet. The internet shows, you know, we both know, it shows you what they want it to show you. You know what I mean? There's no viral. Viral is what they want you to see. Right. So I think a lot of younger people in this generation, <clears throat> they're just not in touch with reality. They're in touch with the reality that's shoved down their throat. So in their reality, they do care. And they're doing a great thing. And they're planting flowers. They're dying of thirst. Their daughter or son is playing with a the flower. They're just running in for three seconds and getting a bottle of water. And they're coming back. But the kid's gone. Right. Okay. But I don't think that means that they don't care. I think that it's just that this generation's reality is not what reality is because when is any of this on the news? Well, it's it's not, and I'll tell you why it's not generally on the news. Some of it is. Like cases like this, of course, make the news. But um, we don't have mainstream media talking about some horrific crimes like like child abuse or child kidnapping or child sex trafficking or whatever. And one of the reasons why we don't is because there are many people within the entertainment industry that are involved in this kind of stuff. 
So it gets makes them uncomfortable. It gets too close to the flagpole. We know that for a fact. Yeah. You know, I mean, we got files on some of them. We just got to figure out where to take it for accountability. And and that's the problem is that even if we disclose something like this, um, the abuse of of American children or children all over the world, to be honest with you, um, most people believe that once you discover something, that something's being done about it. That's not true. Our, our, there's no accountability. So, I mean, look at all the stuff we discovered about Hillary Clinton. Was there any accountability? Never. Never. Not one thing. You know, so look at a lot of things that there's no accountability for. And so um, that's really the question is how do we hold people accountable in a broken judicial system? Now, that doesn't mean there aren't good people still in the justice system. Um, but overall, the opinion of that justice system according to the American people as it is pretty broken up so we need those good people that still believe in justice to come forward or somehow be heard or figure out a way to be heard um, or they'll be drowned out by mainstream media and the only things we'll hear are you know things from other people like uh, a sentencing of a pedophile um, who rapes a three-year-old girl in a garage and he gets one year yeah, <clears throat> the only ones that you do see is the ones that the guy went online and he went to meet the mother and daughter and the daughter looked like she was 18, but she was 14 and he got 10 years in prison because he met a hooker and the daughter was 14. Right. But she had black eye makeup on and looked 18. Right. But you never hear about any of this stuff. No. But if this was in the media, mm -hmm. if this was on the news as much as it happens, I guarantee you then... That mother that went to get that drink would grab that kid's hand and take the kid with her to get the drink. But as long as the media doesn't put it in their face, doesn't put it out there, how does it change? <coughs> well, I'll tell you, here's an interesting thing, and I understand your point, <clears throat> but the media doesn't teach you parenting. It's your responsibility as a parent to be situationally aware and understand your environment, your neighborhood, where you live, and what's going on around you. That's nobody's responsibility but the parent. And we could blame it on the media. And we can certainly use a lame excuse of, I didn't know. I don't think I don't think it works anymore, to be honest with you. So I know I sound a little harsh, and I know no, that there are point. good there are parents that do a very good job and things still happen to their children. I get that. But in our experience, about seventy five percent of the parenting in the United States sucks. Parents don't know how to be parents. They don't want to be parents. And I think it goes back. <coughs> I think it goes back. So remember when I said this generation? Yeah. Then I would, being that you just made a killer point, then I would have to go back and say, well, who were their parents? And who were their parents? Because I know mm. when the streetlights came on, if my ass wasn't in the house, yeah, my grandpa got called. And that's not a motherfucker you want coming when you're nine. Yeah, he doesn't care if you're nine. Well, you're right. You know, most parents learn parenting from the way they were raised by their parents. Yeah. Um, very few people take their own take the responsibility of going, okay, was I raised by good parents? Yes. Okay, was I raised by bad parents? Yeah, I'm going to be a better parent. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to be an alcoholic like my dad was. Um, I'm not going to treat my kids the way my dad treated or my mom treated me. Um, so... There comes, it's interesting, we don't have this in America. We live in a culture of victimization. Everybody's a victim. Yep. Like um, the whole BLM movement, 
you know. Was Are they only at three letters? Yeah. Aren't they at 17? Yeah, Bureau of Land Management, of course, yes. <laughs> they had a new letter every week. <laughs> yeah, but the BLM movement, you know, which was backed by the, what, Democratic Alliance is run by George Soros, which is totally about the destruction of the United States. Um, and, I, and trust me, I'm speaking from I'm speaking from my black American friends telling me this, okay? Um Besides, I'm not even a white guy. I'm half Native American and half something else, right? They say at time people are, are African American. <laughs> well, you can identify whatever you want to be. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's I, that's... I could be uh, anything I want to be. You can be anything you want to be. So, <clears throat> I get crazy. Yeah, so um, everybody's a victim. <laughs> so, you know, like kind of like this repatriation thing that's going on in California. It's like, wait a minute. None of my black friends, and they're the ones that told me this, they're laughing at this thing now. Um because and most of them served with me in the military they're going wait a minute these people were never in slavery i wasn't a slave they were never in slavery so what's it going to be where are we going to get all the money from and like seriously okay how about the irish that were enslaved how about the irish children that were enslaved here like 100 years ago or more right so it's never going to end it's the stupidest thing i've ever heard but if you can play the victim poor me look at me then guess what happens you live as a victim so whether it's antifa whether it's blm whether it's uh how oh, it can be anything it can be white even supreme. the bullying yeah even the bullying bullshit exactly Trophies you know it's like yeah they're just scamming for money or whatever it may be so nobody wants to just go wait a minute i'm not a victim i'm working hard i'm an american and i have the freedom to i go to school i have the freedom to work a job i have this and like if you think everybody's going to like you? Let me tell you, grow up with me. I was not liked by everybody. I was not given a free hall pass. Believe me, I worked three jobs, you know, and, and, and if you're looking at racism and prejudice, it's all over the world. You can't legislate morality, and yet they try, but that's a move towards a socialist system where if they can get you to believe in that, then they can get you to believe that they actually control your freedom and can tell you what to do because the government knows what's better. And then and they, they divide. Exactly. And then you need them. Exactly. <clears throat> you have no choice but them. Yeah. So going back now full swing to the parent parenting thing, there are parents that are like, play the victim role. You know, woe is me. I didn't have a great family, and I don't really know how to raise kids. And Well, don't have any kids then. You know, don't have them if you don't know how to raise them. And then if you have them, then learn to be a good parent. Look, everybody can learn. I mean, look, a cow can learn, right, how to do something. I mean, eventually, go learn how to raise your kids the right way. Learn how to take care of your kids, you know. I'm not much for, you know, as a former Marine, I learned early out the gate, you know, don't make excuses, just get the job done. And by the way, all the excuses, they all the same, they stink, you know. Don't, <laughs> you know. Um, there's no good excuse because at the end no of the day, excuse. the job isn't done. Yeah, so exactly. You can say your leg broke, your head broke, the job isn't done. Yeah. Right. You know, so if you don't do it right, then guess what? Do it right. You know, don't make an excuse. Don't try, like, just admit, like, I didn't do it right. Okay, I'm going to try it again. You know, but we live in this world now where it's like everybody, like I said, everybody's a victim from something. And that's how they live their life. And this generation, um, they live like that, too. They've learned that, you know, and not all of them because, <coughs> excuse me, there are, there's a lot of hope. There are a lot of good people out that are in these, this up and coming generation, you know, the ones that study history, the ones that know the constitution, the ones that 
honor our founding fathers with the way they lived their life, the real Americans. You mean the history that they took out of uh, school? Yeah, that and one. Wood yeah. shop that they took that's out? That's exactly. And, uh, home economics. Home economics. That was the other one yeah. that they took out. Yeah, exactly. I always hmm. wanted to do a home ec class, you know? I did. I had a really nice home ec teacher. <laughs> did she you? liked me. I went to class. Well, that, that was one I actually went to. Well, you're a handsome fellow. She probably did like you. I thought, well, actually, I, my idea was I could cook for a girl one day. That's a good idea. However, 40 years later, I can only cook pasta. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't do it, but I showed up. There you go. And she was what, very nice to me. Yeah, there you go. That's what counts. So. <laughs> anyway, but um, yeah, so um, parents need to keep an eye on their kids. When you said earlier about the internet, <clears throat> you got to watch them with the internet. Josiah Muzukami. Uh. Uh, three. <sighs> Now, Let us breathe fire. If that doesn't bring attention to somebody, yeah, I mean, this should be all over the news is what it should be. It should be all over the news. Well, it's interesting, you know, when we talk about the community standard, uh, and, and if Elon Musk is listening, I'm hoping you're going to do something about this because uh, we, we're really hoping that you'll make Twitter good again. But the old Twitter, um, if I did something like spoke about freedom or patriotism or whatever it may be, or Trump, I would have been violating the community standard. <coughs> Excuse me. And they took me off of there, right? And yet this pedophile, self-proclaimed pedophile, is allowed to be on Twitter. So what does that tell you what Twitter's community standard is? But maybe he's letting it on there because the main me the main news isn't going to show it. The other platforms aren't going to show it, so maybe he's letting it up there for a little while so the people can see what's really out oh, there. Oh, you mean Musk? <clears throat> yeah. yeah. But this guy was on here before Musk took Oh, over. he was on here? Okay. Oh, yeah. I didn't yeah. know that. So, wow. So That's Twitter. more fucked up. So it tells me that Twitter is in favor of pedophiles. So let's talk about who owns, who owns Twitter. Who's, well, right. well, Elon Musk does now, right? Yeah. Who had it before Elon Musk? Well, I know one thing. I know Tony Fauci's daughter was, what was she, the head of underwriting, right? She was the one who said what goes and what doesn't go. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Nicole. Fauci of all people, right? Yeah, Nicole. Exactly. So we know we know where he's headed. <laughs> um, so, well, there you go. So I'm not trying to say blame, but guess what? This is, this is the content, uh, a self-proclaimed pedophile who believes that it's okay for 65-year-old men to have sex with a five-year-old? And this was one before Elon got it, but they would mm. kick somebody off that's Republican. Right, exactly. So I, that's why I was making the point earlier. Maybe he's leaving this up now so people can see, hey, look, you'll never see this anywhere else but here, but look what's out there. He might, and this guy has, so this guy has 6,000 likes, right? That tells me there's like 6,000 more pedophiles out there. That, that like that or people that like this. So what's happening... And 530,000 <coughs> views. Yeah. Which that worries me because if there's other sick fucks like him, then they get ideas. Yeah, well, I would tell any anybody in America that doesn't believe in this guy or what he says to, like, you know, get into Twitter and get the guy off, number one. Um, but number two, realize that this is normalization. So... Um, when I take meetings, if we go undercover and take meetings with the LGBTQXYZ, whatever they're going to be, <laughs> next, I don't know what they're going to be, and they start pushing things and they start pushing the transgender movement, we actually had, um, actually had members of certain LGBTQXYZ organizations that were pushing 
to normalize pedophilia. And here's what they were doing. They were now calling them, instead of pedophiles, minor attracted persons. And they do realize what they're saying. Of course they realize Like they realize that they're saying a grown man, it's okay to have sexual intercourse with a minor. That's how I interpret it. Yeah. So they want that to be normalized. So where there may have been a time where we realized that the LGBTQ, XYZ, W, Pedophile, P, P, whatever. P-E-D. <laughs> yeah, P-E-D, that too, um, was just all about, you know, supporting gay rights. Then it went from gay rights to transgender rights to something, to supporting BLM, to support. So it's become this uh, really radical organization bent on destroying family model, the normalization of the Constitution, uh, religious values, whatever it may be. To the point now, and this is where this is where they no longer will ever get my vote. I'll tell you that much. To now trying to justify minor attracted persons, pedophiles, and say it's okay. That is some strategic shit to do. You start off with this, and then step, 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 step. Yeah, of course. It's it's incremental tactics, is what it is. So, um, you know, so those conversations are short lived now with me with them because I can't get one and and I you know I had gay friends in Hollywood you know I knew they were gay and everything but some of them um stopped supporting the LGBT they're like no this is not what this I don't want to be a part of this you know I have a relationship with whoever it is you know but I'm not going to let this organization dictate the way I live my homosexual life or whatever it may be like that and I'm not I'm not passing judgment I'm not saying what's good or bad because um, I think there's a lot of people that still we need to love a lot of people. That's what God would ask us to do with that. doesn't mean you have to accept it, but instead of persecuting like that, which I'm not about to do, um, you know, we still got to love them and maybe one day. Maybe God. Maybe, yeah, you know, God will say it. But when it came to the minor attractive persons, which they're pushing now, no, sir. Now I draw, you know, we're drawing the limit now. So um, I don't think they have a leg to stand on, to be honest with you. And, um, and why that organization is now, and, and it's funny because they'll go back and forth, they'll go, we don't support that. And yet you'll go to one of their meetings and the people in there are like, uh, yeah, we support that. It's like, you guys know what's going on within your own tribe, so to speak? Apparently not. Yeah, you know, so I'm not buying into the, um, what, what are they trying to, to, what are they trying to label themselves as a, um, oh my gosh, uh, not a culture, but a... Wasn't at one time, they were almost trying to label themselves as a... A protected class. A, a, a like, an, like an Indian Reserve type of thing. Right, right, right. Yeah. Exactly. So, and I'm not buying that. It doesn't work, you know? Look, it is what it is, you know? It has always been what it is. But the question is, they never stop. They don't stop. There's no line. in it, And we see it in the history of the gay community and... Um, and, and, and I've had this conversation with people I know are gay, and they're like, no, we don't know what happened. You know, we, yeah, we were all for this, but now it's off the charts. Now they're, they're trying to, you know, the organization is trying to say the pedophilia. And they'll, and they'll, again, they'll deny They'll say, we don't say that. And yet, I just encourage anybody, go undercover and go to a couple of meetings and ask the question and talk around. And certainly in the community that I've been into multiple times, this is the next thing they're pushing. So after they push this, What's the next? question is what else will push? Will bestiality be pushed? I, I don't know. 
uh, play this, Rob, and then whenever you want Rob to stop, just tell him to pause it so you can explain from having done this, what, 20, jeez, wow, it's almost 20 30, 30, 30 years. 38 years. I Congratulations. Mean, yeah. That's a long, a long time. time. Yeah. So anytime you want him to pause so you can explain how sick this guy is, please do. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but let's see it. Messiah G. Mizukami, your true Messiah of Earth, a God in human form and a healthy one. I wanted to give this video to everyone as a wonderful gift to continue this infinite journey that we have together as one cosmic family. Pedophilia in itself is completely righteous. It is harm-free. Zoophilia is talking about an attraction between human beings and animals. And these types of relationships can Paul's be just right like there. a relationship between a man and a woman. Now, he said human beings and animals. That's yeah. bestiality, right? Yeah, yeah. That would be... That would be bestiality, of course. Okay. Something loving and completely natural. The cures to the global pandemic, which is a direct result of people on this planet not doing what I asked them to do not doing what the gods and I have asked them to do. Those people have to correct themselves or they will continue to be sick. They will continue to be weak to things like the coronavirus, which I knew I would not catch. I'm immortal. I'm invincible. Okay, hold it right there. I know some people that, in my old business, that would love to test his immortality. <laughs> <laughs> just saying, I'm just saying. All right, go ahead. Now, now right here looking at him, Yeah. right? <clears throat> Say you're in the CIA. He comes in. You don't know anything about him. How right. would you profile him just by that look? Well, a lot of people would profile him as delusional. Delusional. I would take it a step further. I would say that to some degree he's he's spiritually deranged. In other words, I think there's a demonic component to this. And, in fact, I think there's a demonic component to anybody that goes after a child. Here's why I say that, Tommy. In the Bible, God says, Jesus said, it is better that a man have a millstone put around his neck and thrown into the ocean and drown than to ever harm a young child, right? Yeah. I think the Hebrew translation for that is you die. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's what I was or putting the Greek. together, but I was just letting you say Yeah, that. exactly. So that tells me where God's heart is when it comes to innocence and children, to be honest with you. So if you have children, and, and for those who have ever had children, they're precious, I mean, you have children, yeah, so, you know, I just have my first. They're, they're innocent, they're precious, and when they're untouched by the world's influences, I mean, they're like little angels. It's the only one that likes me all the yeah, time. Exactly. I never do wrong other than not give a juice box or candy or something. Exactly. So think about evil, however you want to sum up evil, Satan, evil, darkness, whatever, opposite of what God is, love, right? It wants to do everything it can to destroy the most precious things that God has and children. And so when you get somebody like this, and because we deal with the trauma that that comes with sexually abused children, I mean, we man have said this before. How do you murder a child without killing them? You sexually abuse them. Their life is destroyed. Their soul is ripped Fair from them. Man. I mean, and we've seen enough of it that nobody can look. Unless you're downrange with us, don't try to tell me it's different than that because I'm there. I know what it's like, and and I know what the wickedness is like and the evil. <clears throat> so when I see things like this and a guy like this talking, trying to persuade people that it's okay to destroy the soul of a child, that's demonic. 
now when you look at it, is he going? Do you think he's on drugs, like no. some type of psych? This is all. He's sober. I think he's sober. I think it's him. Is there somebody behind him? Do you think there's some other player in this, or it's just him? Good question. I don't know. That well, I don't if know. you had a guess, what would you say? Well, I think he has a network of other pedophiles that support him. Um, and he's but, like the shot caller? Well, he's trying to become the shot caller. <laughs> he's the messiah. The fucking messiah. The immortal. <laughs> he's immortal. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. We'll All see. right. Oh, why would you get in trouble? Because oh. I got an answer. Okay, yeah, go for it. Okay, I'll wait for you. Uh, okay, I'll message you, okay? Okay. I have a beautiful relationship. I have three girlfriends. They're wonderful. One of them is 13, one of them is 14. They love me. It's a beautiful, wonderful, and sexual in the completely harm-free definitions way of living. Having a sexual attraction to children. So that is actually right. not denoting anything negative at all. It's just saying sexual attraction. That's not, that's not denoting anything negative at all. Sexual attraction to children? Absolutely not. You can actually look up what sexual means, which is so uh, beautiful. The definition here, it says uh, the definition of sexual is relating to the activity of sex. Wonderful. Okay, relating to the definition of sex. Do you have the definition of sex? The activity of sex. Absolutely. And for one thing, your statement is actually false. That all people actually view pedophilia with the same definition. Well, I'm talking about sex with children. Do you mm -hmm. think that's okay? You'd have to define what you're actually defining as a child in the five United States. Okay, five years old. Five years old. Absolutely. Like if a, if a five-year-old says yes yeah. to something like this, like if an adult says, hey, do you, do you want to try kissing or do you want to try touching? And the five-year-old says yes, do you think that should be legal? Yes, absolutely. If the five-year-old says yes, then they are actually okay. giving their democratic vote, and that is their right. Anyone and everyone of every age and any species can make whatever loving choices they want with whoever wants to make those choices with them so long as they're harm free and they have my loving support that's pretty fucked up <laughs> uh really fucked up you, in what you, definition you mean negative or positive negative surely you must know how much trauma and uh ho horrific things people have to live with we both know that a five-year-old can't consent to a sexual uh, a five-year-old makes their own choices uh, can I ask, are you a pedophile? Yes, I am, absolutely. <laughs> have, have you engaged in sex with a minor? Yes, I've had sex with people that are under 18. How, okay, and uh, definition, would that be a penis inside of one of their orifices? Yes, absolutely. It was beautiful okay. and loving and, have, and completely harm-free. And you have a child? I do have a son, yeah. And if a, a 65-year-old man uh, went up to your child and asked if he could have sex with him uh, and your kid and your child said yes sure not knowing what it was you would be absolutely fine with that they both agreed of course i would absolutely support it and i would actually oh, be how committing how, how old is your son well he's five months old right now wow thanks josiah all the best absolutely uh, authorities catch up with you soon I am the true authority with the gods with me, brother. That's why. Recognize how dangerous it is to perpetuate hell on earth. Recording stopped. All right. 
Well, I'm glad that I was here to help him recognize the truth, and obviously you could see that he even <laughs> agreed that he is incorrect and lying to himself. Wow. <clears throat> now, people would say when they saw this, <clears throat> this, this would be the reaction, in my opinion. He's doing this for attention. There's, you know, how do you know he really did anything? Maybe he just wants to be a viral star, this, that, the other. Yeah, it could be. Um, I don't know very many people that would make claims like that and not actually ruin their career to some degree. Um, he could. He could. I think it, it warrants an investigation. I think that authorities need to check his computer. Um, yeah, I think it warrants all of that. I think, I personally think he's totally serious, but just in my opinion, that would be the reaction. Yeah, well, you know, you see how many followers he's got, and you see he's got like, what do you have, 6,000 likes or yeah. something like that? So yeah, you've got 6,000 likes, so let me Half ask you this. views. Yeah, 6,000 like 6, pedophiles, right. you know, so. Yeah, because you would have to <coughs> like that. You would have to physically like that. You have to physically but, like it and agree to it. That's, yeah. that's a so, dangerous thing. Yeah, it's really dangerous. So um, 6,000 people are okay with that. I would tell you know, your audience, if you're not okay with it, um, stop him. Because what he's doing is promoting other pedophiles to go do those things to children. Could be your children, whatever. I mean, this guy, talk about dangerous. This guy, is, look, you saw him on there with the 13-year-old girl. Uh, evidently on on the end you know wouldn't that be enough to at least take his computer uh, well i would like think legally? so obviously according to this what we're seeing i mean he was actually grooming that little girl so this is what pedophiles do but would that be enough to go raid him that's a good question i don't know i would hope so i mean he he's he admitted i'm a pedophile he admitted i've had sex with any people under 18 i mean all of his admissions would in my opinion, would warrant an investigation. And, and to justify sitting across from saying, hey, did you sleep with mm -hmm. a five-month, a five-year-old kid? Did you? And if he says, yeah, when, where, who? Right, right, right. And if he's who he says he is, then he's going to tell you. Right, Because exactly. he's, he's the Messiah. He's the this Messiah. This fucking guy. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. So anyway, um, and there are, there are a lot more people just like this. They may not be promoting themselves like this, on there but they're out there but this encourages more pedophiles and what's interesting because they're trying to normalize this um this is stuff that generally you used to see only on the on the dark web you know pedophiles talking to each other or trying to recruit kids or asking other pedophiles how do i get a kid i need a, a five-year-old blonde blah blah or brunette or whatever it may be now we're on twitter and that's the community standard on twitter so um not now. Hopefully Elon Musk is going to do something about this because I will tell you, and I don't know everything about Elon. I met him once in New York. I didn't even know who he was at the time we were talking. It was a security briefing for SpaceX. Um, great guy when I met him that time. So I would say this to Elon. This is a reflection of you. And when if this is allowed to stay on Twitter and even more so a man of your stature and your power – if you don't go after this guy to do more, I mean, the greatest thing we'd like to see, you know, is all of a sudden in the papers, Elon Rus Musk has pedophile arrested. And Elon goes, this is not happening. We're protecting kids here. You know, I'm never going to let this happen on my watch. He'd be America's next greatest hero. Yeah, and then all the bullshit yeah. that they're trying to do to him, cut his funding oh, yeah, for Tesla yeah. and all the other shit. Yeah, yeah. So, so I hope I hope something's done about this. 
because, as I said or just some uh, seconds ago, if Elon doesn't do something about this, there's a lot of people that aren't going to like him anymore because he has the power to stop this. And, again, <clears throat> we said it earlier, but this was on before Elon yeah, I took over. Mm -hmm. And if you said something Republican, you got kicked off, but this guy didn't. Right. Well, this is because yeah. it's a community standard. Right. I, exactly. just, it's just really important, I think, to make that point. I think you know? you're right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, here's what here's my in my community. Here's what happens. So if you're not for the Constitution, if you're not for America, if you're not for our history, then you're anti-American because you're not for anything. It's American. Even if you try to redefine what American is, so I'm not buying it. We know what American is. OK, so what are you doing here in this country? As far as I'm concerned, you're treasonous, okay? History repeats itself. So you don't like the Constitution? Wait a minute. So what do you like? Oh, you want to replace our government with a socialist government? You're my enemy, okay? Yeah. Go to Cuba for a month and let yeah, me know exactly. how it is. So what a lot of people don't realize and understand that there's a lot of Because old... socialists would turn to communists, right? Of course they would, yeah. yeah so just go to Cuba. My yeah. buddy's, my buddy's oh, trying to get his dad out of there legally because he's doing it the right way. Go to Venezuela. Yeah, Tell us how you yeah, like I heard it, all right? about yeah. yeah, exactly. So I would encourage, uh, if there are any millennial listeners on this show, I'd encourage you to go back and study American history. Because <clears throat> if you bought into all this bunch of baloney about socialism, just do yourself a favor. Educate yourself. Take a trip down to Venezuela. If you can get into Cuba, go there and tell me how you like it. And then come back. Because what allows you the freedom to basically spit on the flag every day is the fact that people die for that all the way back to the American Revolution. Our Constitution, that's what allows you to be free. And without that, you have no freedom. You want to live in a socialist? I'm, I'm a Cold Warrior. That's what we did. You know, help bring down the Soviet Union. Um, we fought against communism, socialism, because people asked us to help them because they were under tyranny. Like I told you, my buddy killed himself over that Cold War. That's right. Yeah. <clears throat> he came back and was never okay, our buddy John. Yeah. And when they cut his time at the VA, that was the only time he felt at home with his brothers. Yeah. You know, and like I told you, one of his brothers, he had he was stuck in the forest for three months. Yeah. You know, head of the Marines. And then he might have been a Green Beret at that time. I don't know. But when he got home, he got no help and, you know, drank. Great worker, but you know, how to stay liquored up. And then when yeah. they cut the overtime, boom. Yeah. So now my friend who went and fought for our freedom <clears throat> that killed himself for our freedom, these people and so on are acting like that's nothing. Like yeah. like me during the flag, my buddy who was a good friend of mine who did anything for me, you know, never judged anything, yeah. just killed himself because he never got any help. Yeah. And you're going to ne kneel? Motherfucker, you wouldn't be playing football if it wasn't for guys like him. Yeah, exactly. Well, I encourage all our vets. I know, you know, going down range is a tough thing for a lot of people, for all of us. <coughs> but I would ask those vets that are listening just to remember, you know, why did you go? Okay. You went to save your brothers. You went because you believed in the country. Despite what other people may be doing or saying, you know, we are honoring our founding fathers with the way we live our life. And so all the veterans are great patriots. And don't fall short and, and do something stupid like commit suicide because we need you. We need you here. We need you to stand up and say, hey, I served. And I know the difference between socialism, communism, democracy. We actually really need them here. And sadly, I'm, I'm not saying that war is not traumatic. It is. It can be that way for all of us. Um, 
question is, why did you go in the begin with? You know, and so we have to remember, we don't define ourselves by what we do. We define ourselves by who we are. And whether you're in uniform or not in uniform, just remember the person that you were and the people love you for who you are as an American and that the country needs you even now. I mean, we, we went over and fought everybody else's war, right? Afghanistan, Iraq, uh, Iran-Contra, Angola. I mean, the list goes on and on. Uh, you know, Cuba. I mean, the whole list. Um, your country needs you now more than ever because we're, we're on the brink of, of, of devastation for our country and we need we desperately need you want you know the fight's not over it's it and we need veterans here instead of instead of blowing your brains out you know don't you you know we need people like that here we need you need you to speak up we need you to stand your ground we need you to show the generations what it's like to be honorable yeah, so. And in this no case to bother anybody because whether you believe in the Bible, God, or whatever, <clears throat> anybody yeah. with anybody that's ever read anything, whether you're a hundred percent evolution, this, that, the other, every single thing, either either way you go, we're here to reproduce. Yeah, I, that's I why animals are here. That's yeah. why we're here. That's why bird to reproduce. Right. So when you got a fuck like this doing this stuff, it's just nuts. <clears throat> yeah, it's just messed up. Look, um, a lot of people can't tell the difference between good and evil. Yeah, and that's what it boils down to. I mean, for us, it's it's uh, it's not a big challenge to know the difference because we're an oversexualized society. Because there's so much pornography and the list goes on. There are actually people that will look at this and go, "Well, what's wrong with that? I can kind of see his point." <laughs> they compromise in life, so. Um, it's easier not to deal with it than deal with it. Yeah, because people are not responsible these days. They don't want to do anything about it. You know, it's like, oh, that's okay. It's not harming me, not harming my kids. Not yet. But you want this guy on a computer with your 12-year-old daughter or your 12-year-old son? Ask yourself. Now, sadly, Tommy, there are people that are just like him who will go, well, no, that's okay if my son wants to. I, I, bad parenting. Bad, bad parent. You saw yeah. the uh, you saw the uh, Florida Gators quarterback. No, what's up with that? So I don't know if you ever heard of John Kitna. John Kitna used to play in the NFL. He played for the Seahawks. Played for a few teams. His son was a highly recruited quarterback oh, yeah. for the University of Florida. He was their backup, um, and you know, positioned to be the starter for next season. Right, guys leaving, going to the NFL. He'll be the starter. Well, a couple of days ago, he got uh, caught. I put it up there. He got caught with child pornography that he was sharing on Discord. Wow. To another user, and Discord found it uh, and pulled it down, uh, and they alerted the authorities. Yeah. And they tracked his IP address and found out it was him. And he thought, uh, I think his. I mean, I, I can read the article, but I think his answer was, um, "Well, I thought it was." okay since i found it online to, to, to share it to share it and literally that's what he that's what he said yeah this is like a you know he's at a division one football school i i, I blew my mind i couldn't believe it I couldn't yeah believe it. well just look at the evil i would say to him just look at what the evil did to your career right there just what you became addicted to or that right there is ruined your career and he may say well it's okay but it's not okay here you go look how young that guy is and he's He's all about poking kids. Yeah, to put it plainly, you know, it's like that. So who 
in their right mind would even be looking at child pornography. And here's the craziest thing in relation to your thing. <clears throat> so, like, I'll, I'll read this bullshit every morning yeah. and listen to it for an hour until I'm tired of it. I didn't see this at all, but you know what I did see? I saw the that quarterback that was about to get drafted real high, yeah. and he was just rapping, like, to a song. Right. It said the M-word, whatever. So then they said he was racist. And what happened so with all that? He lost his scholarship. And all he was doing was just he was with his yeah. friends. They were all singing, you know, rapping. The M-word yeah. came up, and because of that, now that's all over the news. Yeah, lost his scholarship, blah blah blah. But blah. this isn't. But this isn't. Right, exactly. I, but I think the most messed up part is it says if convicted. So he was sharing child pornography. If if convicted, Kitna could face a mandatory prison sentence of twenty months. That's it. Twenty months. Twenty months. Twenty months. <laughs> twenty months. Right. Twenty months. Twenty months for that. Right. <laughs> Some guy was selling oh, Whedon's in jail geez. for like you know forty years, but yeah, twenty months. Twenty well, here's months. The, here's the problem why we have some. One of the problems we have so much of it 20. is because the sentencing isn't stiff enough. Now, most people that know us at the Association for Recovery of Children and know about our our legislative agenda, and they know what we're pushing. And I don't mind telling your audience right now. Every single pedophile that I've interviewed behind bars. Who do I tap for? Mm-hmm. Um, I've asked them the same question. I've said, what was the one thing that would have deterred you from molesting or sexually abusing and or murdering that child? And every single one said, if I thought I was going to get the death sentence, I would have not done it. Everyone but as it is, it. I'm going to get seven and I'll be out in four. Or I'm going to get 20, but I'll be out in 12 or whatever it may be. So... <clears throat> It tells me that we're, our laws are not stiff enough. And it is one of the goals of the Association for the Recovery of Children to push our legislative agenda somewhere through a state so that at least someone will have the balls to stand up and say, you're not going to come to the state of Florida and touch our children. And I'll tell you why. If you do, even if it's incestuous, even if it's in your family, you're going to get the death penalty. And we're going to send a message to every child trafficker that if you're recruiting and sexually molesting children, you're going to get the death penalty. And if you just aren't a trafficker and you sexually exploit a child, you're going to get the death penalty. We're tired of this stuff. So when does it come to a point? When do we get to a point where all of a sudden we're serious about protecting the most innocent of our country? Well, you know what Nicolas Machiavelli said? If I could be loved, I would love to be loved. But if I had to pick love or fear, mm-hmm. I would choose fear. Yeah. So if you put fear in them <coughs> that you're going to die. That's right. If you're involved in this in any way and not yeah. loving like, oh, you're seven years, maybe you'll rehabilitate. And be-. This episode is sponsored by WestonJohnBoucher.com. Even after a decade of exposure to the fashion industry, while fully immersed in the modeling world, model and future designer Weston John Boucher still hadn't found clothing that checked every box when it came to look, feel, quality, durability, and price. His solution was to create a menswear brand that would bridge the gap between designer-level pieces and reasonable price points without sacrificing quality. Weston's aim was to provide men who prioritize their health with effortless sophistication and style through simplicity of flattering fits, handsome designs, and amazingly comfortable materials. It's time to elevate your style. Experience obtainable luxury by Weston John Boucher at WestonJohnBoucher.com. 
Use the code Tommy to save 25% off your first purchase, their largest discount ever. I'll tell you right now, it would give Imperial Armani, Giorgio Armani, Page a run for its money. So go to Weston, W-E-S-T-O-N-J-O-N-B-O-U-C-H-E-R.com. Use the code Tommy, T-O-M-M-Y, and save 25% off. Link is in the description below. This podcast is brought to you by Monster Energy. Tear into a can of the meanest energy drink on the planet, Monster Energy. It's the ideal combo of the right ingredients in the right proportion to deliver a big bad buzz that only Monster can. Monster packs a powerful punch, has a smooth, easy drinking flavor. Athletes, musicians, co-eds, road warriors, metalheads, geeks, hipsters, and bikers dig it. You will too. Monster Energy is more than just the green OG. Monster has Monster Ultra, Juice Monster, Monster Hydro, Rehab Monster, Dragon Tea, Monster Max, Muscle Monster, and many more. Buy on Amazon, buy on Walmart, or go to MonsterEnergy.com and believe me, you'll find a place. Unleash the beast. Monster Energy. Be a better person. No, you're dead. Yeah. That's it. I, I, um, I don't know about every pedophile. But the majority of pedophiles will tell you if you ever have the opportunity to sit in front of them, they'll say, I can't be a real rehabilitated. If you let me out, I'm going to go do this again. Which brings me to Gavin Newsom, the governor of the state of California, who's just now releasing. That he's about to run? <clears throat> he's yeah. talking about running. Yeah. How many teen enemies is he releasing? 7,000 7, pedophile sex offenders. Already released with less than a year. So. Yeah. And he's talking about running. Yeah. But he's releasing them back in the state. So let me ask you the question, and let's ask Gavin Newsom the question, and let's ask the Supreme Court the question. The next child that's molested by one of those pedophiles or sex offenders that's released from the state of California, are you going to charge Gavin Newsom for being complicit in the crime? That you are involved, who you just said, all said, I can't be rehabilitated. Right. I'm addicted to this shit. There's no getting me out of it. That's right. So who's going to go after Gamma Newsom? Yeah. I hope somebody does, because I'm going to tell you something. You know, I don't do much gambling, but if I were a betting man, <laughs> I just do the math. If it adds up, you do yeah, it right. Yeah. <laughs> but if I were a betting man, I can tell you that there's going to be a slew of uh, criminal offenses and children molested all across not only the state of California but all across the United States and we're going to take it back and these are going to be the same ones that he released from prison <coughs> and if that be the case and they catch that predator I hope they go get Gavin Newsom too because he's aiding and abetting well, I think that, is that the right term? Aiding and abetting. I think yeah. yeah, it's complicit in the crime, right? Yeah, because you're allowing them out into to civilization. Therefore, you're aiding their criminal activity. Then, if they commit a criminal activity under your watch, you're aiding and abetting, right? Because you, you've let them out. Therefore, you've given them freedom, protection from a longer sentence. Right. That's aiding and abetting. Well, exactly. I, I, th I think what's messed up is, and I'm not condoning this either. You know, uh, if you're God, you know, caught drunk driving, right? Get arrested, okay? Right. DUI. Let's just say it's your second offense, third offense, and they say, oh, well, we're going to give you house arrest. Okay. So you have to wear a monitor, right? So they track you. They know where right. you're at at all times, all that type of stuff. At least to, to my knowledge, I know a, a sex offender has to report where he lives and he can't be, or she, I guess, can't be so close to a school or, you know, all that type of stuff. There's no monitoring system on them. There's, there's not. No, there's no tracking, 
anklet bracelets. So when they decide to walk down to the nearest elementary school and they're just, you know, they're just watching the kids play in the playground. Why shouldn't that be the sirens pulling up behind them and be like, boop, you're going back to jail now. But somebody who, again, not saying it's right, but drunk driving, maybe their second or third offense. And they're saying, well, now we're going to put a monitor on you and we're going to watch everywhere you go. Why yeah. wouldn't it be the same for, for someone? Well, even yeah. if we put a monitor on them, that doesn't stop them from luring or grooming a child to meet them someplace and then performing the act. So it's not going to, it won't stop them from doing it again. You know, it's the same thing when they said, well, we're going to castrate you if you're a sex offender, right? That doesn't stop him from molesting a child. He's got, he's got a lot of other body he's parts. Got he can, he's got hands. Got hands, yeah. mouth, I mean, all kinds of stuff. You know, that doesn't stop him from doing that. What's funny is it's so different in the Fed <clears throat> because if you go online and we're, and we're in Florida and we meet an uh, underage girl in Georgia, okay? Now, we right. drive from Florida. Our residency's in Georgia. I mean, Florida, we drive to Georgia to meet this girl. Now it's federal. We cross state lines. Just meeting them, 15 years. Period. Right. In the feds. But if it goes by state, then it's up to, it's per state, right? Right. The feds don't fuck around with that, though. Yeah. That internet, uh, you know, sex with minors, they do not fuck around. 15, 20, 25, left and right like candy. Mm-hmm. Oh. And half of them you don't even, half of them you don't even know. Like yeah. half of them that I had read through, <clears throat> it was like real close, you know, like we're not talking this nut stuff. Right. We're, we're talking- you know, 16, mom has the daughter all dolled up to make money. You know, where really the mom probably should have got hit too. Right. Some of them yeah. that I read. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So to an extent, and I don't condone any of this, but, you know, if you don't know and you go meet some woman with her daughter and the daughter looks 20, first off, you shouldn't be getting a hooker anyway. I guess that's right. where it starts. <laughs> but if you do, More if, the story. if you happen to... <laughs> You know, and they look 18, 20, 21, you know, yeah, you shouldn't talking, be doing it to begin with. We're talking about, right. little, we're talking about little kids. Yeah. Still, a lot of, I'm not saying there's not that, too. But my point was, even if they're 15 and they look 30 in the right. feds, you're getting minimum 15. And that's with a good lawyer. Yeah. A good lawyer. Well, before you go do that, you better ask for an ID and say, how old are you? How old are you? You know, just, and then, no. you know, and I've had people go to like, the strip club. <laughs> I've had people actually say, well, you know, you're uh your death penalty uh, legislation, maybe it should be 14 and below. They keep moving the, the goal line. No. Look, if the law says you're 18, under 18, you're a minor, you're, you know, you're not an adult, then, yeah, anything 18 and below, that's what it goes for. If, if you happen to be in a state and it says 21 and below, then, yeah, 21 below. So, you know, again, states' rights and stuff. But I will tell you that um, I don't have any hopes of – the federal government passing this type of law, but states and certain attorney generals, I do, I do. And I'm gonna tell you, I've had those conversations and um, people in their states are getting tired of it. They're getting tired of their children being raped and molested and no justice being shown. So um, there are soon, hopefully soon, there are gonna be some states around in the United States that are gonna pass the death penalty for child sexual exploitation. And um, it's going to curtail the child trafficking a, a lot because right now a pimp can go and groom a child at any age and then keep them in a basement forever, right, and then mess their lives up. And then, you know, next thing you know, they're pimping them out when they're whatever, 5, 7, 15, whatever it may be. Um, that's a business model. 
So we want to pinch that business model hard. And uh, that's one of the ways to do it right now. <laughs> pimps, pimps are, they, they keep doing it because they don't, they get a slap on the wrist, yeah. you know, and that's it. You know, I mean, we've come a long way um, in the old, old days, which wasn't but a couple of years ago. Um, you know, the prostitutes were the ones getting arrested and the pimp wasn't. Now, you ask the question, why is that? Well, <laughs> sadly, a lot of law enforcement officers knew the pimps. And they were the pimps were supplying the law enforcement officers with with hookers, but the reality <laughs> is now is that when we look at it is that um, they're not prostitutes; they're being prostituted. And when you understand the grooming mechanism mm-hmm. and how they take advantage of people, how they psychologically brain you know how they brainwash them all this yeah. stuff, you realize that and that um, that it's being done to a lot of people. Um, we have a lot of parents that sell their kids into prostitution early out the gate um, for whatever reason, money, whatever it may be. And uh, that's really sad. Um, but, um, you know, it's it's really messed up. It's really warped. But anyway, now we need to start going after the people responsible, which are the pimps and the johns, to be honest with you. I've never met one woman or or young girl that was being prostituted, not one, that ever said, I really like my job. <laughs> yeah. Not one. Especially when they're all beat up and messed up and, you know, just a, just the opportunity to drive and get a hamburger through a McDonald's is a big deal for them, you know, and that's what my boyfriend does. Who's your boyfriend? Oh, he's my pimp. But he, he loves me because he takes me and to Burger King every now and then huh. and gets me a... Two for one I mean, they, yeah, whatever, huh. two for one or whatever it may be. And they, that's a big deal. It's a big deal. Um, he buys my clothes. Well, yeah, he beats you up. Yeah, but he takes me to the hospital. That has to go up. back to the way that they were raised. Absolutely. <clears throat> to a great not degree. a mom, not a dad. <coughs> yeah. Something went So wrong. their idea of love is, uh, is really kind of skewed, to be honest with you. And anybody that's in this arena, they know that. They know that. And, and my hat's off to the people, the survivors that have made it out of that and understand what's going on and they're helping other people and trafficking them. I think last time we were here, we talked about this. We're never, we're never gonna stop trafficking. It's been around forever, but we can do the best we can on our watch, you know, and um, it's, nothing, it's nothing that should ever be condoned in our society. Now, while we have ARC up, yeah. how much, since the border has just gotten out of control, how much of a spike has ARC seen have you seen a spike in all of this? Uh, we have in certain areas. We're we're actually kind of sitting back and waiting for the big, the big leap, the big kaboom, <laughs> the big kaboom. To be honest yeah. with you, um, you know, now you've got more cartel involvement. We're starting to see that. Um, I uh, spoke this morning about, uh, you know, and we talked about this a little bit about the kids that were flown in by the Biden administration. If I'm not mistaken, the there's twenty three thousand. Don't quote me on this. I, I heard this number, and I'm not sure if it's correct, but I heard this, that the Biden administration can't account for 23,000 children. They here. can't account? No, they cannot account. They don't know where they are. Where do you think they are? <laughs> no one knows. But <coughs> if our guess is right, when we followed those buses to that non-disclosed parking lot and they dropped all those kids off that night, um, they didn't go to reunification centers. There was no paperwork you know, didn't change hands. They were just put in cars and 
They were drove, driven off to who knows where. Where do you think they took them to? I don't know. I, I think we're going to see those are the – that's part of the big kaboom. I think we're going to be saving children out of trafficking, and they're, they're gonna, not going to speak English. And we're going to go, whoa, we know how you got here. You know, they may be from South America. They may be from China. They may be from Ukraine. Who knows where they're from? All the people that come across the border because um, the cartel definitely – has put in its next drug agents, its, its mules and all that stuff with mostly the 17-year-old boys that are going to age out and won't have a job, but they'll work for the cartel. We know that for a fact. So we're already seeing an increase in crime, um, bad crimes. We're going to see an increase in drug trafficking. We're going to see an increase in child trafficking and prostitution and all the things that are v- criminal. Now, without without making all the other countries look bad or sound bad, one thing you have to realize is that a lot of the people that are coming across the border, um, they lived a life of crime in their own country. That's how they survived. They stole cars. They robbed, you know. So what the hell do you think they're they, going to do here? Yeah, they, they, they have nothing here. That's right. They, they have don't know anybody. Here. No, yeah, exactly. So they're going to work for the cartel, and we're going to have our hands full. So it should not surprise us when your town or your city has more blue-collar crime, thefts, carjackings, hijackings, murders, whatever it may be. Drugs. Break-ins, drugs, especially fentanyl. I mean, come on, that's like, you know, it's coming across, it's crazy. The thing about fentanyl, it's killing people. They're letting people out. I just saw that guy, he got 50 capsules of fentanyl, they let, let him out, no bail, in New York. Did they really? Remember the guy who got hit with the 50 capsules? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He got out no bail. Wow. Now, how do you do that? Yeah. How is that? Who's, pay, whose payroll was he on? That's a guaranteed 50 deaths. Guaranteed. Yeah, absolutely. And he gets out on bail. <laughs> wow. <laughs> hey, Buzz. How, yeah. How do you, like, if, if, if general public out there is watching this, you know, somebody sitting at their home right now listening to it or, or watching it on YouTube or Spotify... What are are there signs that people can see if there's kids in the neighborhood? You're out in a gen, you know, you're out at a concert, you're out at a baseball game, to know that a kid there may be a traffic kid that they can report. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah, are there signs that you're like, yeah, that something's not right there. That kid, we should probably call authorities or we should do something. Yeah, there are a lot of signs. You know, generally speaking, kids that are trafficked, when you have conversations, if you come up to them and you go, hey, are you okay? What, they won't look you in the eye. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's a, one thing. You know, if, especially with young females, you'll see, let's say you'll see a, a 13-year-old or 14-year-old that's inappropriately dressed. You know, it's like, you know, like it's the dead of winter and she's in a miniskirt yeah. and a tight blouse and heels. And she's, you know, it's like something you would see a 20-year-old wear, but now you got a 13-year-old wearing it, right? Or she's all dolled up, you know, with makeup and lipstick. Um, She may have bruises. She could be tattooed. Um, You know, it doesn't mean just because you have a tattoo that you're being trafficked. But um, uh, they'll be really evasive. You know, they'll say, no, I'm okay. Or if you see things like you see, like, for example, you see an what we call an underaged kid, you know, going into a hotel room, I mean, by herself. Or she gets dropped off, mm-hmm. she goes and knocks on a door and goes in a hotel room, looks like, that's the little, what's she doing there? Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. So um, we need, you know, 
and their kids aren't even being trafficked in high school. So they'll they'll go to school during the day, and they're making their money at night because they're being trafficked. And you know, someone's doing their homework for them. Sometimes they they live in a normal home, and their parents don't even know it. The kids just go, well, I'm going to go out and be with my friends. She's not going out with her friends for the next four hours. She's being trafficked, mm-hmm. you know. So um, there's a lot of there's a a long laundry list of things to look for. And actually, if the audience, if you go online and and just and look for signs of trafficked children, it, it'll pull them up, you know. And it does, again, it doesn't mean every kid is, but sure. but they're pretty good things, you know. I think instinctively, you know, like when, when we were driving through here, we're like I saw um a girl on the streets here in in Palm Beach, and she was way too young to be by herself, and her shorts were way too short. Now, I grew up in a beach community, so running around in a bikini is no big deal, you know. But when you see a a 12-year-old, and she's standing on a street corner in a bikini, and she's two blocks away from the beach, that's odd. Florida's a weird, when I moved here, it's a weird, weird place. Because you'll be, say, here, right? Like Al Pacino has a house right down the street. Right. You go 10 streets down, just over, 10 over streets, the bridge, over maybe the bridge. over the bridge, yeah, over the bridge, a block. Right. <clears throat> You'll see a street with women hanging out at night, right on the corner. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole shit. Yeah. And then five more streets, gazillion dollar houses, five more streets, the same shit. Yeah. It's just really odd here. And yeah. you, you could tell right away because they're, obviously if you're doing that, I don't see how you could possibly do that without being drugged up. No, you're, you're right. A lot of them are drugged up. So when I see them, I can tell what they're doing because they're thin as a rail or right. just look like they haven't slept in days. Hey, they, teeth are generally bad. Teeth are yeah. bad. They're yeah. out of it. They're yeah. they're twitching a little. Like if you're at a red light, no. you'll see them and they're making weird body movements. Mm-hmm. You know, like the itching to get another right. fix, trying to get somebody to get their attention so they can go get the bag. Right. You know, it's just, yeah. it's sad to see. Now, how many, just off the top of your head, in the United States, how many kids underage do you think are being trafficked? I, I know it's impossible to give an accurate count, just rough number. Wow, Tommy, that is tough. You know, the, the statistics change constantly. Um, I can, if I use just a, a, a foundation, you know, that was to start with, um, uh, last year or the year before, it was estimated that we had at least 400,000 American kids missing. In one year? <coughs> yeah. Damn. So, Four, 40 or 400,000. 400, wow. So, the question is wow. how many are being held in warehouses and used for child pornography? How many are just runaways? How many are, you know, being trafficked? I mean, it's, you know, it's hard to say. I will tell you this is that if we just use that number, we don't see 400,000 kids walking on the streets. So, you have to ask yourself, where are they? And, that's a good question. Where are they? How are they being used? I mean, you know, the FBI and ICE and those guys, you know, they monitor a lot of the sites trying to find predators, and um, they see a lot. And um, they could add, they could probably give you better numbers and say, look, you know, this year long we saw, you know, 300,000 children being put on, different children being put on porn sites. See me personally, if you say 300,000, I would multiply that by three and I would just call it a <coughs> because some of the, because I would have to think that yeah. some of these guys that are behind this are extremely smart. They're not idiots. Yeah. They're running the show. So if you know of 400,000, 
you know that there's 800,000 for sure. Right. If not. Could be. Could right? be. There's yeah. always double. Yeah. Always double what you know. Well, you know, we always hear the big numbers, and I think those numbers get put out so that we try to give society an idea that it, this is a big deal. Okay. But for our organization, you know, I can't say that we have 400,000 cases sitting on our desk. We may have 20, 30 at a time, and that's, that's the most we can digest. And then there are other NGOs that have their cases. So we're just barely um, at the tip of the iceberg. You know, we, haven't, we have no idea, absolutely no idea. And so well, 40 is too many. One's, oh, too, one's, many. one's well, too many. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, um, so here's the interesting thing, and I think much to what you're saying right now, in America, it doesn't matter even if it was one kid. We should care enough, even if it was one. So a lot of times I think we want to kind of show the gravity of the problem. So, you know, they'll give numbers, and those numbers can be accurate, but maybe sometimes they could be inflated, but much to your point, I don't think they're inflated. I think I think it's far greater than that, to be honest with you. So if, like in just in the, in the 40 years I've been alive, yeah. if somebody gets caught with something, you can automatically dub it, double it. Mm. <clears throat> automatically. It's yeah. doubled. Yeah. Right from the gate, it's double. You just got caught with half, and it's probably a lot more than double, but I don't bet either, ever. Yeah. I don't not bet. I'm, I walk into a casino. If I play, it's for fun. Like, I know right. I'm going to lose because the casino is beautiful, and it's beautiful for a reason. They're not there to lose. <laughs> oh, no. I lost on my five bet. Five team parlay last night. Oh, well, that's funny. What'd you, how much did you lose? Uh, not much. I don't. I don't bet just a lot play of money. fun. Yeah. yeah, but I lost. I, lost I remember the first time I went into a casino. Um, I, the, I went for the food because you know it's like the, yeah. the buffet. You know, yeah. it's like man, they got all this food, right? And uh, a friend of mine, they took me in there, and he took me up to this table where there was a it was a blackjack dealer, and he goes, "Hey, this is my friend. I don't remember her name, Betty, right, or whatever something." And he said, "Betty, this is Boz." Um, Show him how to win in this game. And she said, okay. She goes, you have $100? And I said, yeah, right here. She goes, let me see it. So I pulled out 100 bucks. So it's two fifties. And she goes, now, I want you to take that over to that window over there and, um, and uh, let them hold it. And in five minutes from now, I want you to go back and get your money. And I said, I don't get it. She goes, she goes, we're not in the business to lose here. <laughs> she goes, so if you want to win, just take your own bucks. And she was right. Yeah. She's like, she goes, look at this. She goes, this is it's a business. I was like, oh, and I never, ever, God is my witness, I've never gambled at a casino ever after that. I it think was like, one and, and, time. I don't even go for the food anymore because the food's not that good yeah. anymore. So I would, I would just go to walk around or somebody I was with one or two, but I think I played blackjack one time. Yeah. One time just because just one time because yeah. I just know that you got to do it right that shit, yeah. yeah you got to do it I like don't know, I don't know how that people put all their money into the slot machines I'm like you, I'd rather play cards I'd rather crazy? play cards yeah. at least. I'd rather play cards but they sit there and ding, ding. and then you know those old ladies will win and they have their certain one like if you like if I, I don't gamble either uh, sports I do I shouldn't say that but I don't gamble at casinos really <coughs> but if they have their one place that they're that's their machine and let's say they just got up and walked away now, they didn't leave their purse there. They didn't leave a drink. They didn't leave their thing there. And you sit there. I had a lady the one time come over and flip out on me. I'm like, what are you talking about? You left. She's like, that is mine, and I'm about to win. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> my grandma. <clears throat> four foot That eight. was your grandma? No, no, but, oh, but, but just as bad. Just as bad and yeah. just as crazy. God. 
She didn't drive. She's from Italy, right off yeah. the boat, the whole nine. <clears throat> Every three months, sure, either my mom or her husband, my step-grandfather at the time, would take her to Atlantic City mm-hmm. for 10 hours straight, this with the fucking quarter machine, <laughs> and no one could talk to her. And I would go down there to go to Atlantic City, and nobody better get in her way. She smoked? Uh, oh, yeah. At yeah. that time, chain smoked. Chain smoked, food, yelling at everybody. Nice, you know, real yeah. nice lady, yeah. but fully old school and yeah. had to do the slots. And if we didn't take her every three months, it was the end of the world. Just bitched in Italian. Did forever. she ever win anything? She wouldn't tell me anything. No, and did she ever win anything? I don't know. She never told me. Oh, anything. I see. Okay. I would say, did you win? She goes, she, what would she used to say? She would say something like, quit asking me questions or something like that. So you that's lost. Funny. She goes, I'm not telling you anything because then you're going to ask me for money. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. So uh, Elon Musk. Yeah. It, how do you see him? Is he involved in any of this shit with like Gates and the Pfizer's and the big pharmas and everything else? What, what's with Elon? Do you see him in any way, shape or form in this whole web yeah i i don't know to be honest with you tommy i can't uh i can't i can't speculate i can't really comment on that i don't you know i only met him that one time i don't know i uh you know um he, he's he's evidently brilliant um you know as far as a thinking man is concerned um i i think the jury's still out to be honest with you i think you know power does some crazy things to people at different times in their life. I'd like to think, as many of us would, that Elon um, is really about democracy and he's pro-American and he's going to be one of the good guys somewhere down the line. But as we all know that um, a lot of people at his level here in America um, are in the club I don't know if he's I don't know if he's that kind of guy or not. Um, we always admire him because he's we think he's not in the club. We love what he's doing, you know. He's kind of, you know, he's uh, following. We like to think he's following in the footsteps of our founding fathers and going like, you're not going to destroy democracy. You're not you're not going to take Twitter. I'm going to buy Twitter and then I'm going to make it good again. You know, I'm hoping that he, he really turns out to be one of the white hats, so to speak. You know, I, I, that's I'm on, I'm on the fence. I'm on yeah. the fence because think about it like this. <clears throat> Let's say he goes full force with Twitter, right. right? Twitter becomes the number one platform. Right. Let's just say that. Five years from now, Neuralink gets approved because he has the number one platform. So he right. can push it, push it, push it. Neuralink, the, the brain implant? The thing? chip. Yeah, right? chip, right. Push it, push it, push it. Now Twitter is pushing, they're not suppressing anything, but they're putting pressure on the government to allow it. The FDA, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. Maybe it's a decade. They allow it. Now, he has the biggest social platform that there is. It's number one. And he has a chip in your brain. So now he controls the social media platform and technically could control the chip in your brain. Could That I, would be a threat. I was under the impression that the, the Neuralink was, and I, I, I need to study it more, was to, was in a um, kind of a medical science application to help people see again help you hear better again give people vision again is that it or are they or are they talking about using it for something else so early stages would be approval alzheimer's right uh, yeah. uh what's the one that uh asperger's things like okay. that 
And then furthermore, as AI increases, Whoa. human being has to keep up with AI. Right. Robots, robots, robots. 20 years from now, how are you going to keep up with a robot? You can't. Yeah. How are you going to stop a robot? Well, no, they got to be service. We know that, right? Uh, yeah. But to compete with them, you would use the chip. Yeah. And then your brain would be as fast as broadband. <clears throat> he said it on Rogan. So yeah. that, that's the ultimate goal. So the initial goal is, yeah, you know, cure people, help people, which is great. But then it's presented as, well, how are we going to keep up with AI? Right. Because we can't. Yeah. Unless there was a chip implanted. Hmm. Good question. I, I don't know. Maybe, you know, I think he should come on your show, to be honest with you, and you should ask him those questions. I'm gonna no, I'm gonna try to get him. Yeah, I think I would like to see him on here. I think he'd be, yeah, it'd be great. It would be great. Yeah, I, because if you have both of those, if yeah. you have social media and you have the chip, and I don't know if if he could control it like that or if it's just a well, if you're connected to broadband through the Neuralink, it would be through whatever Tesla, whatever it would be called. Right. Technically, he could have control, right? Uh, well, I don't understand the science well enough to know how much control they would actually have. Um, I, I don't yeah, want to, either. yeah. I mean, in theory, possibly. Um, but uh, I'd have to study it a little bit more to know how to speak to that, to be honest with you. Pull up uh, that substack. I asked if it was okay. so Because <clears throat> I've been trying to, to narrow it down. Okay, must dangerous vision for twitter is not what you think it is can you read this rob and maybe baz can yeah. explain to a peanut what this means so what is so why does he want oh, i can't even talk so why does elon musk want twitter so badly is it because he is such a big free speech advocate that he wants to save the world save us all from big tech why does elon musk care so much about the number of bot accounts is it because he truly wants to ferret out foreign influences why does Elon Musk want to reverse the bans on people's accounts? Is it because he really cares about scientists and conservatives' ability to interact in the social media app? The answer, of course, is no to all of these questions. We are being manipulated into the version of Elon being the free speech shield bearer, but what has Musk revealed recently as to his true motivations for wanting Twitter? Musk's vision for Twitter is one-stop shopping, e-commerce. He intends to bring... Social media, banking, auto loans, Amazon-type buying, insurance, paying loans, utility bills, medical insurance, service estimates, you name it, under the umbrella of Twitter. Everything you do, buy, need, could be bought on the Twitter website. This is about power and money. Keep going down a little bit. Why does he care about bot accounts? Because what he is buying is access to you, to me, to each and every one of us on Twitter now or on Twitter in the future. He wants to know the exact number of warm bodies to sell to his investors. Remember, with the purchase of Twitter, he will have client base maybe in the billions before he even launches a single product. That client base includes some of the most influential, wealthy, and educated people on the planet. So why is this such a bad thing? Let's go to free speech. Let's go back to free speech. What happens if you are rude, share porn, use inappropriate language, or only use binary gender descriptions? What happens if you believe that Russia should take over Ukraine? What happens if you are just a contrarian or a science denier? What if you don't believe in gay marriage or you do believe in gay marriage? Who knows what the societal drivers in the future will be? Who knows what the next thing will be? Because it is all good now to think that Twitter won't change, evolve into something new and unknown. But the truth is that social media platforms morph into new identities as soon as new apps, 
technologies, and even cultural, political ideologies change. Musk's bigger plan for Twitter is to turn it into a super app that acts as an operating system for people's digital lives. What do you? Th what's your take on that? Well, it's possible. You know, there's nothing impossible. And I'll tell you what, the only way to be safe uh, and live your life safe is to get off social media, right. <laughs> to be honest with you. And, in uh, fact, there are a number of people, if you talk to them, that don't have social media accounts anymore. And so they're not limited by something like this. So we know that technology can be good and can be bad. Um, is this a possibility? Absolutely. Is it also a possibility that he could be doing it for free speech and all that? That's a possibility also. We'll know as it unfolds. It'll become apparent. Um, and then the question is, do you want to be a part of it? Um, we probably won't, you know, because I'm not going to have Twitter control me. I'm not putting a chip in my brain anytime soon. Um, so um, it just it just it just um, you know you just have to ask yourself how much control and freedom do you want on your own life? The interesting thing about the generations that we have now they're glued to their phone, right? Mm -hmm. I mean they don't even put it down. No. So I'm going to tell you right now that they're already controlled. You know, like the TikTok addiction, okay, right? And all of those things they are so addicted it. They're as addicted to their phone as some heroin addicts yep. are to heroin. 100%. And, I mean, you know, I saw something. I think it was on video or something like that where a mom took her phone away from her son. The guy raged through the house, destroyed the whole house because his mom took his phone away. That's that's pretty sad. Yeah. You know. Or so. just think about when you run up to <clears throat> somebody you know. 20 years ago maybe they're a little bit younger mm -hmm. try talking to them for five minutes without them feeling in their pocket absolutely <clears throat> going like this yeah something's yeah. vibrating yeah. now you're having a conversation right but right. they're feeling in their pocket yeah to me you know 20 years ago you would punch somebody for that yeah Be well, okay my grandfather would punch you right in the fucking face yeah because you were disrespecting him <coughs> your right. dad would too <coughs> excuse me yeah exactly so they're addicted and they don't even know it and they'll deny it all That's the, the thing. They don't even know it. They don't even know the world around them. Most of the no. generations now, um, maybe most of the people in America, so That's, to speak, don't I, I even know. live in the world that they're surrounded. They live on reality TV shows, right. <clears throat> social media, mm -hmm. and the ID channel. That's right. Mm -hmm. And they think that every guy, if it's a girl, is going to do what happens on the ID channel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I live with one. <laughs> <laughs> ah, there you go. Or it's reality, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's their world. Yeah. That's the absolutely. world. Reality TV, which is scripted, the ID channel, which is scripted, and social media, which we might as well just call scripted because right. it's suppressed like hell and whatever else. Yeah, exactly. And that's what America is. Yeah, and you know what's interesting? Unless you've had your freedoms taken away, you don't know what it's like to protect them. Yep. Um, so sadly... What will happen is the generations that are coming up that are addicted to their phones are already captive. And they don't even realize it. Yeah. And they're not even captive, but they're controlled. And they don't even realize it. They're not free thinkers anymore. And they don't even realize how detrimental that is to their life. They don't look around. They don't enjoy the fresh air. They don't enjoy the sunshine. They don't enjoy a lot of things that are around them. You know, they couldn't tell you the difference between a dog and a squirrel. You're right. You know, unless they look it up on their phone and they go, oh, that's a dog. Oh, my. That's sad. That's really sad. So 
Um, and the other thing is to programming and brainwashing. Let me tell you what. If I was a bad guy knowing what I know in the CIA and I really wanted to sway the generation, oh, my gosh, Tommy. We could manipulate their brains like you, like nobody's business. I, I was just going to say, too, uh, having been a former CIA, <clears throat> not only is this happening without anybody knowing it, that they're addicted. Yeah. The strategy that was planned mm -hmm. way ahead of time for all this to happen, you've yeah. got to be impressed by, even though it's horrible. Yeah. I mean, it's the world. That's true. So as a former CIA agent, you have to say this is some pretty good planning. Yeah, I won't mention any names, but uh, my wife and I were talking about a young lady, and I'll, I won't mention her name. And um, if you slip me a piece of paper, I will. Yeah. And my wife was with her, and she said, well, and mentioned about Trump, and this young lady said, yeah, Trump's a racist. And my wife said, interesting. Well, give me some accounts of that. She couldn't. Couldn't, couldn't give her any accounts of why he's a racist. But she had been programmed to believe that because of the group that she's in or the people she goes to school with or whatever it may be. And she believes it. But no evidence. No evidence. So you see how easy it is to program people. Nobody's researching to look for that information and stuff to see. Uh, is what I believe, is it is it based on something? Is it based on facts? You know, so yeah, he, we're, so that's our whole world. In fact, in fact, you know, it's most of the people that voted for Democrats. You know, they actually believe the lie. They believe that socialism is better, or they believe. And here's what's so funny about this: the Demo the Socialist Democratic Party has been caught cheating, stealing, and lying over and over and over, and still people still believe them. Mm -hmm. They still believe the lie. It's crazy. Why do they still believe the lie? I mean, are the gas prices not high enough for you? I guess not. Are the food prices not high enough for you? They will you be know? soon. <laughs> exactly. I mean, is Hunter Biden's computer not proof for you? I mean, you know, it's That's like, funny. They call Trump a racist. <coughs> Trump right. is the one who got Africans. He's the only one who got him out of jail. Yeah. I know for a fact because a guy I grew up in Philly with called me and said I'm home. I said, yeah. "What? You got 30 years?" Because Trump got me on that crack bullshit. Yeah, yeah and the he, guy and he yeah. really he got I he wasn't my I just knew who he was. He was selling crack or whatever, <clears throat> but he was like down the street in Philly from where we were. Nice guy, but he was one of those guys that were not what he was doing was right, but it, it was a, a middle school guy yeah. doing it. He was in the hood selling bags for his family and shit. They gave him 30 years. Yeah. And he got out. And then <clears throat> whatever happened with Mar-a-Lago and Kanye, even after all that, because Kanye was loyal to him when he was president, right. invited him in and that whole mess that happened over there, who that. knows. Yeah. But just the fact that he still invited him out because he was loyal to him when he was running. Right. <laughs> Where the fuck is the race? Well, you know, what's funny is the American voters. But it's a great word to use. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it was a great word to use. American voters on both sides. It's really interesting, but... Primarily on the on the left side, if there's a left side, um, I'm really amazed at how shallow they are, and the fact that when I talk to people that vote Democrat for the Democratic Party, it's like, what is it you don't? Why won't you vote for Trump? Well, I don't like his hair. Oh, oh, I don't like the fact that he has an ego. Oh, oh, I don't like you know the way he delivers his speeches. I don't. 
no facts. How about, did you like what he did for the country? Policy. Did you like his policies? Did you like the fact that our military was strong again? Did you like the economy? All these great things. No, they, they're so shallow that, and, and this is, you know, I don't know where they learned it. They learned it from TV. They, they look at the, the stupidest things in the world to vote for a candidate. Do I like him? Is he handsome enough? You know, what kind of suit does he wear? Not his policy, not his leadership, not is he capable of doing it. And and so with Trump, <coughs> while we're talking about it, you know, what he found himself in, and we actually heard this from some pretty reliable sources, sadly, he was not surrounded by as many loyal cabinet members as he could. I think I think every other standing president is allowed to bring in like, what, 80% of their cabinet. He was only allowed to bring in like 30%, something like that, of, his, of the people that he wanted to bring on board. So they were setting it up from the very beginning. And um, I believe because he has a really good heart and he's looking for people, I, I you know, they, they surrounded him with vipers. And I think that, um, and we heard recently that he was his strongest when he feared nothing. When he just went forward and did the right thing. And then his, so he started listening to people, you know, Gotten he got up. a little scared about, oh, you can't do this or you better do this or you better. And it changed, it changed his platform. And that's when he became weak. You know, like, you know, when he stood up, remember when we had the whole COVID scam, right? And he said, hydrochloroquine, that's it. It looked, this works. But, and he was right, and he should have forced it and continued to force it. But he, and he listened to Fauci, mm-hmm. and he backed down. And he kind of like, well, maybe the vaccine, you know, maybe. And whatever they told him. And now look at them. Look at the hoopla. Look at the stupidity of the vaccine. Well, I'll give him a break on that <clears throat> because he was fed the wrong info. We all it, know that. What? Exactly. And that's called conspiring against a sitting president. Right. Exactly. I don't care if you like him or not. Yeah. You conspired against a sitting president. And the right data came from China. Absolutely. Not the U.S. Right. The right proctals came from China. Right. So why doesn't Trump get on the stand and say what really happened? He knows what happened. If Peter McCullough knows what happened, he knows what happened. Right. You had Peter here. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> Dr. Malone knows what happened. Yeah. He knows what happened. If right. Epstein knows what happened, he knows what happened. He is the only one that could stand up on a podium that people will listen to that could say, because he knows... COVID started in the U.S. in 2009. Mm-hmm. It was shifted over to China, back and forth, back and forth. It was U.S. people working on COVID in China, right. then leaked from China by the U.S. Right. The U.S. then gave Malone, the vaccinologist, the data from Pfizer, which was incorrect. Mm-hmm. This guy dies, okay, placebo. This guy lives, okay, placebo. No, no, he took the shot, Okay. Then Trump realizes that that's bad data, that China gave the right shit. So why doesn't he get up and tell the American people what really happened so that they stop fucking with that shot? Well, I I don't know the answer to that, Tommy, except for the fact that it's not a matter of whether they get exposed or not. It's like, who's going to be held accountable? It's not about being accountable. It's about he has the voice to get the people. He does, but here's the thing about it. What's going to be done about it? People People won't take... Sean, I don't think right. Like, well, guys like Fauci and the all the people that were involved in it, are they going to go to jail? Are are they going to oh, no. for all the deaths that they've caused no. because of this? No. And he may be at that point of going, how how do we hold him accountable? How am I going to? How is justice going to be served for the American people? How do we 
Yeah, and he, that may be where he's at. I don't know. I don't know. I just think he could save a lot of lives. Well, right now, I'll tell you what, if the American people aren't listening to all the deaths that are taking place on the jab right now, I mean, there's evidence that just keeps coming out daily by scientists globally. That that's going, the guy who made it said nobody on this planet should take it. And anybody that did take it will die from it. Right. No matter what they mark it as, yeah. you died from the shot. And right now he's working on a shot to counteract it. Right. Who knows how long that will take. Exactly. That is my only thing with Trump and the card, the ID reader for the uh, war on drugs. But that's a business move, and that's built into yeah. it. Way minor shit compared to what these guys do. Yeah, you know? it's a good question. I don't know, but um, I look, I I think that, you know, on this subject, there's, I mean, people that took the jab, they were, they were in fear when they did it, a lot of them. Yeah. A lot were forced to. I mean... All of a sudden, why is it that Hollywood is saying, oh, you don't have to have any more shots to work here? We were wrong. Why is it people sued Hollywood? Why is it that people that are dying, their relatives are suing people because their jobs were taken away and a vaccine that was never a vaccine, screwing with their DNA? And why is it that morticians are looking, opening up bodies now and their, their veins are like clotted, you know, and the most unusual stuff? And why is it that... You know, football players are falling dead and and young people that would never have cardiac problems. You know, why, 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 why? It's a lot of questions as to why. But they're still pushing the stick. <laughs> they're still pushing they're it, still exactly. Pro- because there are people that are <laughs> still living. Because big owns I mean, what was this, the latest thing? Like, you need to have a booster every two months? Yeah. <clears throat> well, first, you, uh, there was one, what are you, like 13 now? And every one, it gets worse? Don't do it. All I'm saying is don't do it. In fact, I have a friend right now. I was on the phone with him yesterday. He's sick again. He's had... One, two, three. I think he had three shots and a booster or, yeah. or two and a booster or whatever. His immune system is so shot now that he is constantly sick, yeah. constantly sick. Like his body is falling apart. And he's like, what's going on with me? It's like, I'll tell you what's going on with you, you know. Study the science behind this. This is not what they told you it was. Now, we could get into the conspiracy aspect of this. Is Was this about depopulation? Is it about control? Whatever. Outside of people making a lot of money, and keep in mind, remember that a lot of people that took the jab, they signed their life away. Like you can't sue the you can't sue Pfizer, or Johnson and Johnson, or Gates, or Gates, right? <clears throat> for taking this, you know, who wrote in an so, email that he wants a hundred million dead by twenty thirty, along did. with Pfizer. Yeah, exactly. So maybe it's a combination of all of that. I, I think we're going to find out later, and I don't know how far it's going to be that this was the biggest. Yep. Or orchestrated um, genocide yeah. of modern history. What else could you call it? That's what, that's what we're calling it because it's unheard of. I mean, it's unheard of. It's stupid. Um, people are getting sick. People are dying from it. Um, well, it's, it's the only thing that <clears throat> I can think of. I mean, you know way more than me, but that took over the whole world. It did, and quickly. Quickly, all at one time. Yeah, the whole the world. Mm-hmm. Not just parts. Yeah. People believe, people made the mistake of believing that the same governments that have done nothing but screwed them over for years all of a sudden should be trusted. That was their mistake. Now, I just broke Trump's balls, so I want to unbreak him. Yeah. <clears throat> because I do like him and yeah. I love his policies and 
when he was in and he went there, I had the most respect for him in a mil- when he went there like a man and met with uh North Korea. Yeah. I can never say his guy. I don't want the Secret Service, just me and him one on one. Right. Because he knew how to deal with a head guy like him. Right. They, they want respect. Yeah. And when you come without your fucking all your people and you come and sit down with them like a man, they're gonna treat you with respect. Yeah. You know, if you talk your stuff on a podium and go to Delaware, hey guys, start up the nuke operations. <coughs> yeah. I, Iran, let's go. Get them yeah. get the trucks coming. You know, and like with Rogan, that you know, yeah. I, I copied him. I think he's the good, I think he's the best. I love his style. But the one thing I don't get with him is he says about Trump what you just said. Well, I want a president, more presidential candidate. Who? Who? Yeah. Okay, he gets on the stand and says crazy stuff. To me, I'm home at six. Yeah. If he's on, it's it's comedy for me. It's I like what he says. To be honest, I find it entertaining. It's I find real. it fun. You know, I I mean, I I I didn't vote for him because of, for his personality. I don't. Think I voted anybody. for him for well, his, I did. for his leadership. I like his person. <laughs> well, I like his personality I'm crazy, too. But, yeah. Well, I knew people that had known him for many many years, and in fact, you know, a friend of mine, Mark Burnett, who. Uh, runs was running MGM television for a while. Mark had memory had The Apprentice and all that. So, yeah. so I mean, I, I kind of knew the up and coming Donald Trump before he was for president or knew of him. And then I had friends who were personal friends of his that, you know, would talk to me about him, you know. And so I got a pretty good idea, you know, of, of who he was as a person. Um, but when he stepped into the role, um, I think it changed him. everything. Well, it, it it might have changed him a little bit, I think. But he what he brought to the table was, look, you may not like the guy, but he didn't become as successful as he was as a civilian by being stupid. He's extremely calculated, in my opinion. And I believe he did something that a lot of presidents didn't do. Remember when he talked about I'm going to drain the swamp, right? Mm-hmm. He was brilliant in doing things to egg people on so they'd come out of the woodwork <laughs> and then it would come out and we just oh those are my enemies he'd have a stadium full <laughs> oh my gosh so you know so <laughs> say what you want about him but you know you can't you can't say he was dumb you may not like you may not like his delivery and you can say well he's full of himself and 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 those things may be true but still his leadership for the nation um i'm pretty convinced that he loves this country and um, and he pretty much just kept his word on everything. And he said he was going to do it, and he's done it, except for the fact that we didn't get Hillary thrown in jail. Well, I don't I don't know if anybody could. Yeah, well, guess she'll stand before God one day. Yeah, that's about it. Well, that yeah, might be enough. That might be enough. That might be enough. So, but even when you when like Rogan says about, oh, I want a more presidential uh, candidate. Well. Yeah. The shock value to him not being presidential was other countries were like, whoa, this guy's off the wall, right? So when he goes up on the, the podium, unlike any other president, starts calling Pocahontas and, and uh, what he called Jed was pretty funny. Uh, Jed Bush, what he call him? What was Jed's name? Rocket Man for- Rocket, Rock, yeah, what he called, geez, Rocket Man, yeah. Geez, what he called the guy Rocket Man, I mean- He's got to be thinking, like, who is this guy calling me Rocket? Does he know what I have over here? Yeah, but— So you might—so yeah. those people that want to say he wasn't presidential, like you said, he's very strategic. He's a great businessman. Yeah. And he got their attention. I, I thought he was very presidential, to be honest with you. Look, if you were to study history and look at 
um, Teddy Roosevelt, okay, one of the Rough Riders, right? There are people that made comments about him all the time, you know, the bear killer or, I mean, he gave us most of our national parks, right? But he was really rough around the edges to some degree, but he was a great president, okay? He just called it like it was. Um, I think that's what Trump did. Trump didn't hide behind what people thought the world was like. Trump didn't hide behind anything. Trump said, this is the world. So remember when, when we went after certain terrorists and Trump went, he died like a dog. Okay, that's great. He died. Well, that's not very presidential. Well, yeah, it is. You ever dealt with terrorists before? I mean, what Obama couldn't do with ISIS, because I believe Obama was in bed with ISIS, Trump Would got, that be because he put a gazillion <coughs> dollars on the plane in the middle of the night? Maybe. Who knows, you know? How do you get away with that, Baz? Well, how, how do you get away with a lot? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, <clears throat> well, when you control DOJ, yeah. that's how you get away with it. Um, you get people on your payroll. You know, we talked about this before. Remember Kevin Cosner in The Untouchables? What was his challenge when he got into town? Was it, where was he, Chicago? Or I don't remember where it was, right? But uh, anyway... Uh, everybody was on the on Capone's payroll, and he bought everybody. So that's how he was able to get away with it. Well, Obama the same way. Maybe Bush. Maybe a lot of presidents to some degree. Um, maybe they're on people are on his payroll to some degree. But needless to say, with Trump, um, I saw nothing unpresidential with his delivery, to be honest with you. Rocket man, died like a dog, whatever. He just told it like it was. In fact, here's the thing. He said things that we all wanted to say, yep. but we wouldn't yeah. say them. Yeah, you're right. That's what he did. What was the best that he did? Remember when he was at dinner and he walks up to What's-His-Face and he goes, I just killed your leader, you motherfucker. At dinner. I didn't remember that one. Rob, what was that one? Uh, Remember, he took out somebody. He took out somebody, and at dinner, at a big dinner, he goes up and whispers right in their ear. I just yeah. took out your main guy. Oh wow! I would. Oh, we got You, you know. I would love. See if you can that. Google that. Oh my god! Yeah. Well, his his best one I, I of all times, I think it was before he was president. I remember when um, <coughs> he was debating Hillary Clinton, and she said. Well, if Donald Trump becomes president and he interrupted, remember, he goes, Hillary Clinton will be in jail. Oh, my <laughs> yeah. gosh. That was like the – I mean, we went crazy. It was like, man, the timing was perfect. I thought that was very presidential, to be honest with you. So I think he, you know, he knows – he knew and he knows the truth about where all the swamp creatures are. And so they're threatened by that, you know. And, and actually some people in the Republican Party were threatened on that because they're either rhinos or they've compromised. And so what we had for the first time in a long time since Ronnie Reagan, I think, we had an American that just came to the forefront that wasn't part of the club, wasn't part of the old boy network, so to speak. And he started telling it like it was. He started draining the swamp. And that became very uncomfortable. And so because there were a lot of swamp creatures... They worked diligently to keep him tied tied up like the stupid Russian collusion. Well, whatever happened with that? It was false, right? Yeah. Yeah. All that's, in fact, you look back at it all now, it was all false. Yeah. And so, Mueller, the, the guy oh. investigating it, believe me, if he could find this to talk and say <laughs> something, he would. Yeah, exactly. So, find anything? you know. No, I just see that he uh, ordered the killing of the Iranian general Soleimani. Yeah, Soleimani. Soleimani. Oh, you mean with a drone strike? Yeah, drone yeah. strike. Yeah, so when that happened, he was at dinner with the other head, 
and yeah. went to the bathroom, came out of the bathroom while the guy's eating, went up and whispered in his ear, I just killed your whoever, whatever. Nice. Like right nice. in his ear and just yeah. kept eating. Yeah. And, and the guy's like, what the fuck? Well, and he even <laughs> caught flack for that yeah. from the from CNN and the liberal press. To me, that's And it's powerful. like, what part of terrorism and a threat against America are you not getting and why we took this guy out? No, no, yeah. no. Trump took the guy out while he was at dinner and then let the guy oh. know while he was at yeah. dinner that he just whacked his main guy. Yeah, that's what you're talking about. He, yeah. he whacked Soleimani. Yeah, he whacked Soleimani. Yeah, no, I'm saying when he got when he whacked Soleimani, the liberal press went yeah. after him for the drone strike as well. And um, what I'm saying is like, yeah, what part of what part of that action or that mission was was your American people not getting, you know? It was a powerhouse move. Yeah. So they were all pay, they were all paid off. They're all the whole media was paid off. It was owned by, you know, the Democrats, so to speak, and, and Soros and other powerful people to just basically stop Trump from uncovering all the dirty laundry. What were we going to say, Rob, earlier? I saw you look over to no, say something. No, it just says uh, Iran also issued an arrest warrant for Trump over killing, <laughs> killing their top commander. <laughs> I love that. Okay, that's there's, good. There's an arrest yeah. warrant for uh, Add it to the Trump. list. Well, arrest warrant. all we can tell is if Donald Trump goes to Iran, just know there's an arrest warrant out for you. <laughs> I'm, sure he's, I'm sure he's shaking in his boots, right? Yeah. Of course. Yeah, exactly. Now, so we've looked this up a hundred times. Do you think they're going to indict him before 2024? No, I don't think I honestly, I mean, I, I mean, I look, I don't know everything about uh, President Trump and his personal life and stuff. I think they're doing the same stuff they've been doing. They did the whole time. I think they're trying to keep him so busy and and Going actually off. keep American people so distracted. And once again, trying to can use the same narrative that he must be dirty. You must be dirty. And there are going to be people that are going to believe in it. And after a while, it's like. Look, when are you going to give up on this? It's look at the strategy behind it. They're afraid, I think, that if he runs, <laughs> I'd like to see him get back up there, you know, and go, I'm going to run and then go, did you miss me yet? You know, that whole thing. Yeah. That would be great. Um, I think that um, they're afraid that if he runs, um, he'll win. And um, and then he'll start draining the swamp again. You know, it's interesting. It's a tough job. He had to he had to act and run the country as the president and drain the swamp at the same time. That's a that's a big mission. And be man. stabbed in the back. And lots be stabbed of in the back lots of times. And so, um, and I and I have to say this with with the utmost respect. And he said this before too. Um, he didn't have to step up to the plate. Look, he had a he has a great life, and so why why would anybody do that if they didn't love the country? The why reason. would you sacrifice your time, your energy, your family, put your your family in the you know in the crosshairs of liberal, communist, socialist, Democrats? Why would you do all that if you didn't really care for the country? You're certain. Look, you're certainly not getting a paycheck for it. And then after all that four years and you realize the nightmare that it is, you come out and announce you're running, you're either yeah. an extreme competitor beyond belief right? or you love this country or both. I'm right. going to go with both. I'm going to go with both too, you know. So, um, you know, there's a couple other people. I mean, DeSantis is all there. But, you know, DeSantis, I don't think he's going to turn his back on the state of Florida, to be honest with you, because uh, Floridians would look at him if all of a sudden he started, he ran again. They'd go, oh, you just did this. So that you could run for the presidency, I I don't I don't think that would be a smart thing to do. To be honest with you, well, as of now, he's running. 
So who do you okay. think they picked to run it? He announced it last week. Oh, did he? Really? I didn't <clears throat> yeah. catch that. Okay. Yeah, he announced he's running. Okay. It was a whole big thing, blah, blah, right. blah. Now, who are they going to have run against him? I know they're saying Biden, Biden, Biden. Mm. Who else could they put against them? Wow. see, a good question. I think a, a dark horse. I don't think we know yet. The Democrats don't even know yet. You know, they're going to have to figure it out. Um, it depends on how much backing they get. And... <coughs> I think they don't have to worry about who runs against him because I think they'll rig the elections again. Of course they will. You know, we haven't even, you know, we haven't had enough investigations uh, to uncover everything, but everything we have uncovered so far shows that the elections were stolen from Trump. We we know that. I mean, did you take a look at the documentary 2000 Mules? Mhm. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know. You can only get it on Twitter now. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. If, so, if that isn't clear evidence, I don't know what is. Yeah. So we didn't fix that problem before these primaries, okay? So now we're looking at stuff like, wait a minute, how, how did this happen again? How did we lose the House and, the, I mean, how did we lose the Senate, right? We got the House somewhat barely. Well, now they're looking at the box three right. in Arizona, right? right. Which exactly. was put on YouTube, which is owned by Google. So right. if box three was put on YouTube that's owned by Google, that means they wanted you to see that. Exactly. So now when 2024 comes, we're going to be looking for box three, box right. seven, box four, mail-in votes. And meanwhile, they're coming in the back door with Absolutely. their new methods to yeah. win. Absolutely. You know who wins every election? Who's that? Bernie. Bernie. wonder what they pay him every, every Bernie, four years. Bernie Sanders, exactly. Well, I never <laughs> Take a wild bet, Rob. How much money do you think they give him every year? I think we did. Yeah, I think I was low. I said, I think I said 50 million, maybe. I think he increases at 25 million. I think he probably gets 100 million. I think last year he probably got 60 million. This one will probably get 80. What do yeah. you think he gets? I don't have any idea, but I know he gets something. He gets something. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> I think um, it's, a, it's like a chess match, to be honest with you. Yeah. They move pieces. Um, for distractions, for influence, whatever it may be. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I don't think, I don't think there are too many Americans in both. Look, I had a lot of friends who were Democrats that switched over to the Republican Party. Yeah, they just said, "I can't be a part of this. It's too corrupt." Um, more and more Democrats are waking up and smelling the coffee and going, "Wait a minute, this, you know." I've been a Democrat, you know, they'll go, I've been a Democrat all my life, but I'm not going to do this anymore. This is definitely not the way elections are supposed to be. So they've, they're manipulated, just like we were talking about earlier about, you know, when Joe Kennedy went to the mob and, mm -hmm. and the mob helped rig the election for JFK. It's been going on for a while, you know, and we know that for a fact. You know, we know it because you got friends and I got friends, and we've had those over-dinner conversations with a lot of people that were part of that thing, you know, and it's yeah. like, wow. So this is not, it's not, it's nothing not, new. It's nothing new, but it doesn't make it right either. Okay. Before we get into uh, everything that I want to ask about JFK. Yeah. Do you think China has a stealth bomber yet? They were, they've been talking about it more and more and more, you know, they'll, they'll never say on the media what exactly they have, but the signs certainly make it look like if they don't have one, it's real close. Well, I'll tell you this. If we look at the relationship between Biden and China, if we look at the relationship between his son and China, if we look at the relationship between Fauci and China, if we look at a little deep and look at all the relationships between certain Americans and China, 
I say it's certainly possible because we got a lot of traitors in this country. So why wouldn't technology be stolen and given? Of course it would. So is it a possibility? Absolutely. Do they? I don't know for a fact, but it certainly is a possibility. And then do you think that part of that technology they're getting from not the craft that we're seeing on these videos, but craft from other life, other planets? Do you think we're, we're reverse engineering craft? You know, I, I don't know that to be on good. I mean, to be um, certain. Uh, I was in Area 51 one time, and I was wow. just there looking at um, a certain aircraft that came from a certain country that someone had defected from. Um, this is the first time we had had a chance to look at that specific uh, piece of aviation, so What's to speak. defected mean? Um, it was a pilot from another country flew that aircraft across the border, and oh. we eventually got it here in the United States. <laughs> But uh, I didn't see anything really weird or unusual in Air 51 at that time. Um, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I don't know if those are just heavenly bodies. Uh, I don't know that if we, if we really had uh, a Roswell incident or <clears throat> I had heard rumors from uh, a fairly reliable source that we have something and it's just anti-gravity. And um, they know they have it, but they don't. They don't know how to. They don't know how it works. Um, you know, I talked to a friend of mine who was a scientist. Um, Bob Lazar, by any chance? No, Fuck. no, no. Fuck. Uh. <laughs> but uh, and they say, and he said, uh, they've had it for many, many years, and scientists come from all over the world to study it to figure out how it just sits there hovering. Um, but they don't know how. They don't. They don't understand it. So, and that's just that's just what someone told me. Now, I, I can't verify that. I don't really know. Um, I know what I've seen personally. I, I saw. Remember they they had the number of the white lights over Phoenix. I was. I drove from Tucson to Phoenix, just observing that the whole time. And I watched them when they left. They just. I've never seen anything go in outer space that fast. So I know what I saw. Can you explain what you saw? I'm yeah, there was just uh, there were these, there were five lights. I believe it was five, you know, hovering over Phoenix in the in the air. They and then when they dispersed, they just they were gone. And I think everybody. I mean, the the people were filming, and I mean, you can look it up and stuff like that. So I can say that what I saw was what I saw. What it was, I don't know. I don't know. This is the only sighting I've ever had of a unidentified flying object, so to speak. I've never met any green aliens. I've met <laughs> a lot of illegal aliens, of course. <laughs> and in some of them, opinion, some of them are green, actually. In uh, your non-factual, opinion, yeah. In your non-factual opinion, sure. what do you think? Wow, I don't know. I think anything is possible. You know. Um, don't say it won't happen and don't be surprised if it does. Um, I think there's things that are beyond our understanding. Um, I think where we go wrong is if we, if we put too much faith in it <coughs> and the belief in that thing, like aliens becomes our God or our next thing, you know, it's kind of like scientists have been always trying to disprove the, or prove the big bang theory and disprove, you know, kind of God's, you know, control over the universe. 
And every time they go into a galaxy, they find another galaxy. And, and with the latest telescope, it's endless. So yeah. they can't find it. So when you're talking about omnipotence of a of a universal creator, I don't know how much more you need than that. It's like, okay, call it what you want, but that's pretty awesome, you know, and pretty unexplainable. So I think men find they discover their own foolishness sometimes. You know, it's just like, how's a baby born? Oh, yeah, we know sperm and an egg, but how is life created? How does that miracle actually happen? Well, I believe it happens the way God said it happens. He gives life and he takes it away. And honestly, and you know this as well as I do, anybody who wants to play God, like China. the Messiah. Well, China right now, they just made, they took yeah. an artificial, what they do? They, they took a bunch of cells and they made an artificial brain with a heartbeat. Yeah, I don't think that I don't think manipulating this stuff is difficult. I think go invent the cell. Why don't you why don't you show me how you invent the cell? How do you create something out of nothing? And I don't think mankind has ever done it and I don't think they can. You know, so we call it the god factor or whatever you want to be. And it's not to it's not to be religious, it's just to be factual. It's like it's like life and death, you know. I've yet to see anybody when it's time for them to die have the power to bring themselves back, except Jesus Christ, of course, right? You know, historically recorded. So I think that um, we can try to play God all we want. Um, I don't think we're ever going to perfect it. Nor nor should we, to be honest with you, because then they'll start becoming like Bill Gates and, <laughs> and Fauci, on, Fauci and everybody else, you know? Speaking of, <laughs> in, in your non-factual opinion, yeah. how— does anything happen to Fauci? Does anything happen to Biden? Or let me give let me give mm. you my opinion. Yeah, what go ahead. I think what might happen, and then you dissect me wrong because I'm the peanut over here at the table. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I think <clears throat> Biden is a terrible father. I think he's the reason why his son is so fucked up, and I think that sick man is going to end up putting all the hit on his own kid, and I think they do do something to his kid. His, his kid takes the hit, and that escapes Biden, that ex Joe, that escapes Tony and all the other group, and that man's own son will be the one to take the hit. That's what I think. Uh, I think there's some validity in that, to be honest with you. I think they're criminal enough and corrupt enough to do that, to be honest with you. Look, I, I put the Biden family up there as a crime family, just like I do the Clintons. You know, I, mean, I just call it what it is, you know, and people go, well, what do you base that on? <laughs> Well, not only the open source evidence that we've had, but look, you know, just some common sense. If it looks like a duck and walks like a duck, chances are it's a duck. Okay. So, but in, in addition to that, in my time during the CIA and even when I got even after and I got out, you know, I was fortunate enough to have access to information that, you know, made me look at a lot of different people uh, in the upper echelon and go, how in the world do they get away with this stuff? So, and and I'm not the only person. There are people in the IRS. There are good people in the FBI and the CIA and the list goes on. They've seen the same files that I've seen. And they ask the same questions. How is this allowed to continue with no justice being served? Why is it that they can get away with this? Joe Smith can't get away with it, you know, and, and so... Um, that's, uh, that's the question we all ask, you know, so 
when, you know, when a, when a normal person like a citizen like me, and I hear yeah. and I think of Clinton, <clears throat> the, the the standard is, you know, Clinton so bad because you know people fall out of planes that mess with them, they disappear. You know, uh, yeah, they suicide themselves. He, you know, suicide themselves. You know, he's on the plane getting the adrenaline or whatever it's called. What what could you say that's public knowledge that isn't sealed that makes Clinton so bad? And then what can you say about Biden that isn't sealed or classified that makes them equally as bad? Because, like I said, on average, when you think of Clinton, I I would. Five years ago, I would say, oh, Clinton, the guy who makes people disappear and fall out of planes. That's what I would think. Right. So what could you tell me, non-classified, non-sealed, that's public, that's so bad about him, and then that would be equivalent to so bad about Biden that we don't know, that isn't sealed, blah, 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 because you are CIA. I think, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, it's safe to say that anytime you look at both of those two people, and there's a lot of other people involved too, and their actions warrant investigation, and no investigation happens, I think that's what they have in common. You know, that was good. Thank you. That was really good. I was gonna. Be, that was. I was gonna be a diplomat one day. That was. An, that was an impressive. Uh, that that was good. I liked it. That was good. Thank you. Very good. Very good. Oh, let's hope I stay alive. <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking before we started about uh, JFK. Yeah. Yeah, and that was really interesting. Do you have that uh, picture? I think I sent it to you. So everybody always think, you know, the, the standard is Oswald, right? Right. That's the right. standard. And we have one of the bullets, uh, Rob's going to pull up, that ricocheted with no markings. Mm -hmm. Is that possible? Well, what do you mean ricocheted with no markings? Well, if a bullet is shot out of a gun, shouldn't right. that have some type of marking on it? You mean from the rifling? Yeah. Or whatever. I, I guess it would depend on the weapon that it was fired from, to be honest with you. Um, I'm not a forensic specialist, but from friends of mine who are, I mean, they have a whole science behind the identification of a, of a round and the weapon that it came out of and stuff like uh, that. It was called the magic bullet. Hmm. If you Google uh, the magic bullet, maybe I didn't put it in there. It was called the magic bullet. Okay. You ever read about that? No, that didn't come out of uh, James Files' weapon, did it? Mm, I will pull it up. Okay. But uh, let's talk about James Weiss because I didn't even know about that. Okay. The guy you had showed me a while. Oh, Files. James Files. Files. Yeah. 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 It's kind of like Weiss. It was his cousin. Thanks for making me feel You're better. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't know about that. What I do know is that. Um, right there. Uh, where is it here? <clears throat> No. See, that's the mat. Click on the magic bullet there. Okay. And what are yeah. they saying that was fired out of? Is okay. That's three inches, right? That's a three inch round. Look at that yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Among the melee of conspiracy theories that have risen and fallen in the years since the 1963 assassination of JFK, one theory has remained focused, intense debate, the single bullet theory. This theory supported by the 1964 findings of Warren. Commission investigating Kennedy's assassination posted that the president was shot by the same bullet that also injured Texas Governor John Connolly, who sat in front seat of the presidential limousine. Some critics sarcastically refer to it as the magic bullet theory, because when you look at the bullet, that's how it looks. Hmm. Okay. And it wouldn't go through him and through the other guy? And it went through it, two people and still looks like that? Yeah. Wow, it didn't, it didn't even look like it was damaged. 
at all. Is it made? Is it lead? It oh. looks pretty fucking new to me. Huh. Well, that's interesting. You never saw that? No, I never saw that. Yeah. I'll tell you what I do. I, what I do know is um, there's a great book uh, by an author named James Files. James actually claims to be one of the shooters. Um, and according to my conversation with a very good friend of mine who has interviewed James Files um, about this incident, there were multiple shooters there. And if I have, if I have the story correct, uh, he, was, he was actually carrying a weapon that was um, built by the CIA, a handgun, and his job was to be positioned so that if the other shooters failed after like the fourth or fifth shot, I think I have that right. I'll have to check it. No, oh, there is that it right there. Primary target. Okay, um, that he was to take the shot, and he and he did evidently. So um, according to my conversation with my resource, um, Oswald never. Um, yeah, that's it right there. That is it, huh? Yeah, James. Yeah, there it is. I shot JFK. So um, I have a picture of James reenacting uh, where he took the shot from from a fenced area and uh, a weapon that he said was the same type of style weapon that was used. But according to him and my source, uh, there were multiple shooters. Um, according to them, George Bush Sr. was involved. Um, uh as the story goes, um, as you and I have talked about, you know, Joe Kennedy got with the mob and actually had them rig the election so JFK could get in. Okay. And then the deal was that they don't mess with the mob. Right, exactly. <clears throat> but, as you know, first Bobby— thing, The first yeah. thing went by, the, the second Bobby could. Bobby <clears throat> was became the attorney general, and he went after the mob. So— <clears throat> And then you got uh, uh, Marilyn Monroe that JFK told everything to, so you got to get rid of her. Well, I do have some friends that are pretty much <clears throat> knew her really well, and I did have this conversation. And as conspiratorial as it all sounds, evidently, she actually ended up really overdosing. She had was used to taking medications via suppository, and on that <clears throat> given night, she evidently lost track of the fact that she had already taken certain drugs and took more drugs out of the pill bottle and literally um, just, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. just died, um, which is what, it's, what it looks like, a little bit more. But So I don't think she took any secrets to the grave with her other than the fact that maybe she was sleeping with both Bobby and <laughs> JFK, maybe. Or, or, no, or, <laughs> it could um, be worse. In the ranks of Hollywood, she was not known to be um, an extremely clean woman. <laughs> and... Um, and sadly, sadly, I think she got used by the Hollywood elites. Um, and who knows? She probably was uh, trafficked, so to speak, um, in the community um, of Hollywood and polis, politics and the list goes on and on and on. So um, they made her famous, but she, you know, she paid a price for it. So, but, but I segued there a little bit. But anyway, so um, Alan Dulles from what I understand, Alan Dulles uh, got contacted by the British, and they had a double agent working, uh, a military officer working for them and working for the Russians, and asked that um, and the CIA take him out. And, of course, Dulles went to Kennedy and said, we, we want to do this favor for the Brits. Um, as I understand it, Kennedy said, absolutely not. Um, Dulles did it anyway. 
according to my sources. And uh, Kennedy found out about it. And if you recall, it wasn't long after that, he fired Alan Dulles from the CIA, Mm -hmm. and he vowed to destroy the CIA. Now, if you take, you want to know where Bush played into it. Um, Bush Sr. was part of the Jebbergs uh, back in the CIA, you know, and um, you got to remember the mob, the CIA already had a a relationship with the mafia and that World War II, it was the Italian mafia that allowed us or helped us get shiploads of weapons into Italy for the underground and for a lot of other stuff. And we needed to be able to ship things out unobstructed. So the dock workers were part of the union, part of the mob, you know, you know, it's kind of like the, uh, um, what do you call it? Like the Teamsters? (laughs) (laughs) Great example. Kind of like the Teamsters, I guess. Um, You know, I've only known a, a few ex-mob guys that I've run into that, you know, came to Hollywood and said, hey, let me talk to you, you know, and, you know, about my life. It's like, okay, crazy. So it's like, you know, just don't lie on a spaghetti factory. I'm fine. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so I had some really uh, nice conversations with them, to be honest with you, um, all in the name of their next movie or whatever it was going to be. So anyway, um, so... Uh, um, so now you've got Bush involved and you've got a lot of other people involved and a lot of people not liking Kennedy for many reasons. Um, we had a lot of stuff go wrong with the Bay of Pigs. That was a CIA operation. What and, was that? <coughs> I still don't understand. <coughs> We're trying to overthrow Castro. Overthrow Castro. <coughs> yeah. Uh, so that, huh. you know, so the democracy could reign back in Cuba and they wouldn't be under persecution. So with all that said... Um, Dulles is out. The CIA is getting ready to be destroyed. You have a relationship with the mob. So it looks like, according to, and Files talks about this, that it was a CIA mob uh, operation, and there were multiple shooters. Oswald probably never took a shot. I don't think he did. Yeah. And so so in the book, and it's really interesting, I encourage everybody to, to get a hold of it and read it. I, you know... I didn't want to, you know, you always have a lot of theories, and but when you when you listen to files and you read his book, everything kind of adds up, to be honest with you. I mean, it's like, how does he know these specifics with, if he wasn't there, if he wasn't a part of it? I mean, he, there's names and names, and, you know, so then they're all legitimate names, and you wouldn't know the names inside the mob. Unless you were there. Unless you were there, right? So anyway, um, uh, the so anyway, um, I think shots were taken. If I recall, uh, my source talking about you know the first shot was taken. Uh, I think it hit Kennedy and went through his throat. That might be the magic bullet you were thinking about that got Conway in the front seat. There were some other shots taken. And anyway, the shooter kept missing because uh, I think it was a headshot that was supposed to be taken. And uh, so evidently, Files was you know Plan B and uh, took a shot. And that may have been the shot that went from the front of his head to the back. That shot. If you look at the weapon that he used, it's totally possible. So, And then, uh, then, if we take a look at the bullet that they said was the bullet, that went through two people? That's... Where where do you buy those? (laughs) I don't know. I don't think you buy (laughs) So... um, Makes sense even more now. Yeah. It was a big operation from what I understand in listening to my source who spoke to Files. Well, think how many Um, people he pissed off. Oh, yeah. Well, he he actually, I think he actually went to, he went to jail to prison for 25 years 
for another incident. Um, <coughs> so my big question to my source was, how is it that he can make this statement now, you know, about I shot Kennedy and not go to prison for it? And uh, my source said, he said, well, number one, he goes, you got to remember, was it became immediately, there was no body. It was, it became a Secret Service investigation. So the state of Texas never had an opportunity to, as, as far as I know, examine the body like it needed to be examined or take it from a state level. Hmm. You know, so now it's a federal thing, right? And then it just all kind of went away to a certain degree. So how can you, how can you charge, how could you charge him with a crime uh, if you're not showing the evidence of him committing the crime? So at this stage of the game, um, it makes kind of sense that he could say, hey, I did it, but what are you going to do about it? I don't know. It's interesting, but I, um, I, he probably, you probably need to get him on the show. I can make that happen yeah, for you. But go. I have no reason, um, so far from what I've heard and learned, Honestly, I have no reason to doubt him, to be honest with you. There's a thing, and I, t I talked to you a little bit about it. It's called, um, I have it written down here. I wrote it, but there's a thing called um, uh, incremental tactics that are used. And this plays into this a little bit um, with that. But um, a, a good friend of mine, Ambassador Wilson, and I used to talk about this. He was the first Vat uh, ambassador to the Vatican under Ronnie Reagan. Oh, wow. And what a lot of people don't know is that... <coughs> President Reagan actually sent Bill to the Vatican to dive into the pedophilia that was going on there. So Bill, while he was being a good ambassador, was also doing some really cool undercover work for um, for that problem that we have with the Vatican, and we probably still have it. But I'm sure. Um, but uh, in this, when you look at things of you know um, what we call incremental tactics, um, it's it's a methodology. It's a method used to string things out for a long period of time so that you get to a couple of generations and they don't really care. So, for example, if I told you, hey, you know what, we know that the Democratic Party actually killed Abraham Lincoln. Okay, uh, who would care? We'd go, well, those people are dead now. There's nothing we can do about it. Um, we're sorry that it happened, but would we? what would we do? How would we bring the assassins to justice? We, we wouldn't. So if it's the same thing with Hillary's stuff. If she can string it out long enough, three generations from now, they won't care. You, you slow play it so it's forgotten about. That's this episode is sponsored by Aurora. Do you know what the fastest growing crime in America is? For years, this crime rate has been surging and affecting millions of Americans. I'm talking about identity theft, and there's a new victim every 14 seconds. Yet despite this, those who have had their identity stolen are often shocked when it happens. That's why I'm excited to partner with Aurora, who is sponsoring this video. Aurora is identity theft protection, fraud monitoring, a VPN, password management, and antivirus software all into one easy-to-use app. Their VPN allows you to stay anonymous online by keeping your browsing history and personal information safe and encrypted. Protect you and your family from America's fastest-growing crime. Try Aurora for free for two weeks and see if you or anyone in your family's personal information has been compromised. Start your free trial today. Go to aurora.com slash MSCS. The link is in the description below. Exactly <clears throat> they right. do that in court. But yeah. the continuances, you know, like a yeah. thousand continuances. Yeah. 
so that by you know if you push it off 10 years in the feds or 15 continuous continue my dad died my uncle died my grandma died by the time you get into court the judge just wants you off the docket go home yeah, yeah exactly yeah. so they do that not only with this stuff but they're doing it also with um, things and this is how they're destroying our youth as well you know like you know like the for example the un is now pushing the consent age of consent to 10 years old okay um, we talked about pushing pedophilia as normalized. I can't believe the UN. Yeah, yeah, of 10 course. years old. Yeah. So Jeez. the very first thing they do is called, it's called elongating accountability. That's just one of the part of the incremental tactics. And just like who cares about, you know, Abraham Lincoln or if you talk right now, who cares about Pearl Harbor? We do. We, re- we remember it. We remember our grandparents talking about it. And people were fired up then. But if you talk about Pearl Harbor now, do you see generations getting upset about that? No. No, we don't see that. Nobody even yeah. read about it. Who cares about Bill Clinton when he lied to the American people with Monica Lewinsky? We didn't care that he was screwing Monica Lewinsky. What we cared about it is that he lied to the American public. And if he lies to the American public, what else did he lie about? You know, so. A lot of shit. Yeah. Or do who cares now about. Hillary Clinton mishandling classified material, which you and I would go to jail for, of course. And who cares about Obama lying about Obamacare and his connection to the Muslim Brotherhood or other terrorist organizations? No, nobody cares anymore. So that's phase one. Phase two is called generational acceptance. And so what happens is they set a new standard. And unaccountability that leads to corruption becomes the norm. So can I ask you about phase one? Yeah. Now, all those things that you listed in phase one, right. <clears throat> to me, would justify a special counsel. Trump's five classified documents, yeah. I don't know that that would justify a special counsel. Would, would, do you think so? Well, I think- Like what, yeah, I mean, like what I, Clinton did, Obama did, Yeah, all those names you read, you would think, okay, that would justify a special counsel, right? right? By standard. Would, would that raid- justify a special counsel they didn't do it to obama and he took a lot more classified documents than what they're even saying he has i personally don't think it would <clears throat> but it's just it's just another way of making it look bigger than it really is right you know so um i think they know what's there and what's not there and they're just they fucking you know they look at they if they had evidence and that it was treasonous they would immediately go here it is mm-hmm. look for yourself well, why haven't we seen it? Me and you both know if they had one thing, that door would be kicked down. He'd be in cuffs and he'd oh, be in Of course he would. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, I'd like to see him go after Biden for his deals with China. Or how about money laundering in Ukraine? You know. How about just uh, explain to me how he has a $20 million house? Just well, explain that alone. How about explain some of his pedophilia? How about that? <laughs> Which yeah. we can just start with the $20 million house. I'll start with then. that, exactly. So, anyway, no, I don't think it reaches general counsel, to be honest with you. So, we look at things like uh, generational acceptance. That's phase two. Um, if we look at, uh, you know, causing conflict over an issue and using it to erase the history of the nation, like all the statues, right? It's ridiculous. Look, it's our history as well. You don't have a right to just take down a statue. We all own this history. And you may not like it, but it's our history. And if you don't learn from it and you're not reminded of it, you're bound to repeat it. And so you may not like the Confederate flag or you may not like a Confederate statue. But, hey, there are people that don't like Yankee statues either, right? So it it was a time in our history, and we have to understand why it happened, where, what were people thinking in those days, you know, and on and on. Who, what were the influences of that time? 
and the list goes on. You know, I know it, it was a sad time in our history for any black American to be in slavery. People should not be there. It's, it was uncalled for, but it happened, okay? It happened to the Jews with the Egyptians. It happened to Irish children who were brought here as slaves to the United States. It happened all over the world. It doesn't make it right, but it was norm. It was the norm around the world. So there are probably very few people in America today that whose ancestors weren't enslaved somewhere sometime in history, you know? So we have to look at that and we have to learn from it and go, wait, we never want that to happen again. We can't live in it as victims, which a lot of people are doing right now. Oh, my, my people, my people. And you heard me say this before. And again, I go back to very wise counsel from a lot of my black American friends who go, who tell me, look, I never picked cotton and you never owned a slave. What's the problem here? <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I don't know. What is the problem here, you know? They're not living a life of victimization. They're the yeah. ones going, I yeah. went to school, I got, I got a, I, I had an opportunity to go to school, had an opportunity to go in the military, I'm working my job. No, not everybody likes me, but not everybody likes you either. Don't get your feelings hurt if they don't. That's just the way of the world. And get over it and get on with your life and be brave enough to say, look, I'm an American. I stand on the Constitution. There's nothing you can do to me. I have this freedom here. So anyway, and to your point, <coughs> all those statues, the flags, everything, all of those are building blocks that led us to where we are today. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So to take them away is erasing why we can drive to the gas station, why we can right. walk on a sidewalk. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What are you going to say, Rob? No, I'm saying, and didn't you say in the beginning you're part Native American? Yeah, welcome. Uh, I would say that you would have the most thing to be like, uh, yeah, you guys kind of came over here and kicked me the fuck out of here. My ancestors did, did your shit. I think you'd be the one that can complain the most, maybe. I did just put it out there. Yeah, I guess I could. I guess I could ask for yeah. reparations. But, yeah, yeah. but then you'd be playing the victim. Yeah. Card, I'd right? be playing the victim, yeah. right? which is something my grandparents taught me not to do. Oh, really. boy. Man. And like my granddad said, if you got to work five jobs, you get your butt out there and work. Nobody, don't expect anybody to give you anything for free. Mm -hmm. I, I was working three at yeah. 11. Yeah. You know, my granddad's like. Newspaper. Yeah. Snow cones. There snow you go. cone stand. Yeah. Newspapers again. Yeah. Same thing. I started out cutting lawns. Oh, yeah. Lawn, and we had snow. There's Man. something about growing up up north and yeah. in, in the cold. Yeah. It makes you tough. It, it, it makes you. It makes you strong, a stronger being. Like you have to go out in that cold. You have to fight through the sleet and the rain. Yeah. And then later in life, things aren't. It's hard. Even if you're yeah. a treasure boy, you still yeah. got to go out in that freezing cold. And you learn to deal with kind of like hell in a way. Yeah. I don't know. To me, there's just something about being up, growing up in that freezing cold farm shithole that I did. Yeah. That just I think made me tougher and more mind focused and just different yeah well none of us like yourself myself we didn't grow up being quote unquote racist um, we didn't even know what that was you know we never looked at the color of another person's skin we generally were working side by side with everybody that you could think of and they became our brothers and our sisters you know um, we didn't look for excuses uh, to uh, begrudge someone you know and we all worked hard in a time in America where um, if you didn't work, you didn't eat. So there was no, there was no entitlement. 
You know, I don't care white, black, green, orange, entitled. There was none of that, you know. So, um, you know, we, we get people. Here's here's where a lot of that comes from, and I think I can I can say this from experience. We get a lot of lazy people in America. They want an excuse to be lazy. Mm-hmm. They want an excuse for a free handout. So if they say, "Well, my neighbor's entitled, but I'm not." That may not be the case. You may not even know your neighbor. You may not know where his grandparents came from and worked five jobs during the Depression in this country. You know, so for a lot of us, when we hear that stuff, we go, really? Seriously? You don't know anything about me. I didn't grow up. I didn't grow up entitled. I didn't grow up rich. You know, my grandfather was an immigrant here, you know, and and the only thing that kept him from being poor was his attitude, which was, I'm going to work hard and feed my family. Mm-hmm. Just because I live in a wooden house with dirt floors or whatever it may be, and and I don't have much, doesn't mean that my kids aren't going to grow up and be better than me. I'm going to do my very best to get them an education, and I'm going to make them work hard, and I'm going to teach them. If you want something, you go out and work for it. Don't let the government give it to you. And you know That's what's going well, that's where it's going. Of course, everybody's expecting that now. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, where's mine? Where's mine? Well, I don't know. Why don't you go work for it? You know, like, well, there's no work. Yeah, there is. There's plenty. There's always work. There's always work, you know. So, no, but I want this job. Well, you do what you have to do until you can do what you want to do. So nobody asks where your money comes from. No one says, oh, I can't take your money because you work at Seven <laughs> Eleven, Or I don't take your money because you're a greeter at Walmart. Oh, I can't take your money because, you know, you're this or you're that. Nobody asks where your money comes from. What they ask for you is to pay your bills. Because if I'm going to provide you with heat for your house, you better pay your heating bill. Okay? I don't care what you do. But yet, people are like, well, you don't know what that's like. No, I do know what it's like. You know, a lot of us know what it's like. And people look at you later. I'm 66. They look at you. And if you've worked really well and you've sacrificed and, You've gone to war and fought for your country and all this kind of stuff. You know, you are you are entitled. You're entitled to be buried in your country that you fought for. That's I would hope entitled. so. Yeah, exactly. You know, but it's, you know, so all this other stuff, people that create all these problems, they, they quite honestly, they're sometimes uneducated and stupid and blind and, and they don't get out of their own environment to see what the rest of the world is like to realize that there's a lot of other people out there that aren't just going to sit around and wait for the government to give them a paycheck it's not going to happen on their watch call it pride call it self-worth call it whatever you want to call it but for those that do that and this is what's so ironic about this they refuse to be enslaved and now when you get a handout from the government you are back in slavery. I don't care what color you are. 100% right? You're 100%. You are being you are being enslaved. Because now you're depending on that check. That's exactly right. <clears throat> now, so, on the other hand, if I went to McDonald's until my grandpa died, basically, even at 14, honestly, 14. Yeah. Cut the grass. Yeah. Mow the snow. Catch 100 balls. I had to do something. Yeah, exactly. Nothing was nothing was just given. Nothing. Nothing's given. He was a maniac. Yeah. But but later in life, I realized it was love. Yeah. At the time, I was like, Jesus, yeah. this guy doesn't give me a break no matter what. Yeah. I'm 14 yeah. now. I still got to cut grass for, to go eat. Absolutely. You can't just give me a 20. <laughs> Would never give me... I, no, every single dollar... And he was loaded, which I yeah. didn't know until he died. Yeah. <clears throat> he was loaded. Every single dollar. 
my allowance. You go ask my mom, did Tommy do A, B, C, D? Nope, he didn't take the trash out. Right. Only half your money. I'll see you next week. There you go. Whoa, whoa, wait, 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 wait. I need that. I got a girl. <laughs> then get to work. Yeah, exactly. Well, you teach I just people. hope he didn't get out of the car. He was oh, seven and a big motherfucker and didn't care. Well, you know what you instill? Pride <clears> or good yeah. work ethic. And and uh, and that's and that is something that across America we're, we're missing um, in society on every level. I don't care what neighborhood you're from. I don't care what color you are. I don't, I don't care what your education is like. It doesn't matter. But because of technologies and other things, a lot of people, you know, this is what's so funny. You know, we hear people talk about entitlement. And you look at the generations that are being raised, and they're being raised to be entitled. They don't know why. They're just like, you're supposed to give it to me. Now, that's what the government wants because that's how you create a social system. It's like, oh yeah, the government will take care of you. The government, and that's what they're learning. Somebody, somebody's gonna give me money, whether it's welfare or something else, but that's the way I was raised. They give you money, and if I don't get my money, I'm gonna stomp and scream and cry and be a victim and say, you owe me that. It's like, let me ask you a question. Why do they owe you that? Why? Explain, what did you do that they owe you? Oh, you were born in the world and they just owe you? Well, yeah, under a socialist system, that's the way it works, but you're enslaved again. And if you're going to take their money, then you better do what they tell you to do when they tell you to do it. If they want to take it away, they can take it away. The only way that you will ever have freedom, the freedom that our forefathers fought for, is if you get out there and get your ass in the grass and start working and what you earn is yours and you defend it based on what the constitution tells you you can do then no one can take it away literally right yeah that's it exactly so anyway so the third phase which you'll find out interesting tommy is so we went through that generational acceptance phase and then the third way that they use incremental incremental tactics is called generational development so they've taken all that away the identity with historical values moral standards Founding authors of Zloss and Lee's open a waiting, a wanting to identify with something, in this case, something new set in motion by the government. Your new identity is what it now means to be an American based on the government's definition of an American, not the historical definition. Stalin did this in Russia when he removed history books and tore down statues that were reminders of the nation's freedoms under Tsar Nicholas. So what we're actually seeing now is we're seeing this Biden administration and others is redefining what it is to be an American. Unconstitutional, of course, we know that. And so the new generations coming up are learning that being an American is I'm entitled, the government's gonna take care of me. And tell know, me what to do, tell me what to take. I can burn down whatever I wanna burn and not be held accountable for it. It's my right, this is what an American is. And we know that's not what being an American is, you know? So they don't really know what being an American is because like you said, history's either being rewritten or it's being taken out of the schools. Like CRT, critical race theory, right? Bunch of baloney. Talk about socialist propaganda. And they know it is, but they're pushing it really hard. But what's the end goal? <clears throat> Just socialist. make America weak as shit? Absolutely, to get a one-world government. Global, one world globalization. Go- Look, the word term globalization is just another word for social socialism communism whatever it may be they want to control if you control america you control all of america's resources you control all of america's taxes 
You control Americans as people to get them to be your slaves, to do what you want to do. You, as a globalist nation, now get your rules and your laws made based on what a select group of elite power mongers decide it should be because it's that way in Germany. So America has to be that way. Or this is the way we do it in the Ukraine or in Bolivia because now you're under a one-world government. And whoever controls that controls the world, and it's greed and it's power and whatever it is. So, and they'll oppress and suppress people that are trying to maintain their rights. If the American people do not continue to hold fast to the history of this country and the Constitution of the United States and lean into the power that was our God-given right to be free. See, this, the government doesn't understand that. The government feels like it's giving you freedom. It's not their right. It's God-given right for all mankind, particularly here in the United States, to be free. Okay? That's what our forefathers fought for, our founding fathers, you know, as well. So, you know, if we're not careful, we go, oh, the government has a right to dictate this. They have a right to dictate nothing. Our, we, it says what it say, we the people. We the people, not we the government. And Americans need to remember that every single day. Aren't we falling into China's web Absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. They're Guess not what? trying to help us. They're not trying to do anything no. but be the one world government. Oh, yeah. Well, they're part of it. I have a good friend of mine. I haven't, I haven't seen him in a while. Dick D'Amato was on the China Commission many, many years ago. And Dick actually uh, took a trip with me over to, uh, over to South Africa. And um, while I was over there, I got to listen to Dick talk about the, the threat of China and how American businesses were being encouraged under many administrations, particularly like the Clinton administrations with, with NAFTA and that stuff, but how they were being encouraged to go work in China, how the rates were, you know, the, the pay was, excuse me, production was cheaper in China and everything. And Dick was very adamant about, you know, briefing Congress at that time, if I recall, saying, this is not a good move. <laughs> this is not. Do Sounds not go good there. on paper right so, now, Oh, exactly. Right? And yeah. look at where we are. Years later, the you know, Dick was right. You know, I mean, he was he was right on target. So, yeah. And what's what's interesting about it is why don't we ask the question, what's Biden's tie in with China? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to take a bold move here. It's probably going to get me in trouble eventually one of these days, but I don't care. What are you going to do? Send me back to Afghanistan or <laughs> some some weird place in the Been world? Been there, done that. Been right? there, done that. What are you going to do? Take my life? Okay, fine. You know, I'm ready. God, God loves me. So there you have it. Um, but you know, after all the things I've seen so far and what I stuff I knew when I came out of the agency and stuff I've learned through conversations with very very reliable sources both here in the United States and across the globe. I am convinced that Biden is a traitor. When you say traitor, what do you mean traitor? I believe he <clears throat> he is in cahoots with the Chinese. I believe he has alliances with the Chinese. I believe they're a direct threat to our national security, and I believe he helps facilitate that. Um, I think the writing is kind of on the wall. Yeah, and I believe there are other people on the Hill in Washington that know that and are either complicit in that or um, they made the mistake of compromising and now it's too late and they can't say anything about it so they keep covering it up with more and more crap 
It's and one they, lie on yeah, top of another one lie, lie after another. And so anytime that anyone, an investigative reporter, like uh, our good friend Laura Logan, right, mm-hmm. uh, gets close to it, uncovering it, all of a sudden, have you ever noticed there's a distraction? There's another event that's happening someplace. So let me take oh, you yeah. here. Pull up uh, Laura Logan. Yeah, yeah. she would. Uh, she pulled, She brought up how they were just giving Social Security numbers to illegal immigrants. Yeah, right? yeah. exactly. So anytime you look at that, for example, let's look at Ukraine right now. The question people should be asking is, how big of a distraction is that? I don't, I don't know the answer to that. And I don't know why, why there's a distraction other than the fact that, and we may have talked about this before. I think we did. You know, Putin may not be the bad guy in all of this. There may, be a, lot, there may be a lot that we don't know. But we do know there was a lot of money laundering going on in Ukraine. We know human trafficking was off the charts in Ukraine. We know a lot of things were going on in Ukraine. And the question is, what is it we don't know? And that's so, so, so why aren't we asking the questions of what we don't Now, I'm not saying that war is justified, and I'm not saying that innocent lives haven't been taken, but this I will tell you, and I know for a fact, because of certain leaders of certain countries and their agenda, they will sacrifice the people of their country in times of war so that they can maintain their power, and they will um, have a false narrative, you know, uh, and... That could be, in fact, could be the case here with Zelensky. You know, he doesn't have a clean track record. No. You know, and everybody tries to make him look like he has a clean track record, and he doesn't. What, eight times we went there and <laughs> dirty, dirty, dirty? Yeah. And when you break down some of those strikes by Putin, when you break mm-hmm. them down on the map, right? a lot of them were nuclear sites, which he was not supposed to have. Right. And the other sites were where they were fucking with kids. Right. Exactly. So, and that's what Putin was bombing initially. Now, I'm not saying he didn't throw one over here and over here that had right. nothing, you know, but the primary ones early on, if you put it on, on a map, yeah. <clears throat> were areas suspected of children, child trafficking, and illegal nuclear operations that they've already been sanctioned. Last time I looked, it was eight times. Well, and then Otherwise, was there not NATO, some rumor of some bio labs as well? Yeah. Yeah, that we, like seven that we didn't even know about that were existed, that were funded by the U.S. So the question is... Is Putin really that bad? Yeah, so I don't really know. I will tell you that our relationship, um, and if Putin's listening to this, uh, (laughs) you know, trust me, not all Americans want bad relationships with, with Russia. Okay, we have a lot of Americans who... You know, their ancestors come from the country. Sure. Um, but I will tell you that Trump had a better relationship with them than Biden. And so when you hear Putin start talking about, you know what, you want to go, you want a nuclear war? You know, I let me tell you, like, I don't know everything about Putin. I know when I was in the CIA, he was a formidable um, adversary. Um, he was brilliant, known to be brilliant as a KGB officer, um, extremely calculated. And... Um, did what he said he was going to do. So there, there's a hundred strategists up in Washington that are probably advising the media and the president on what they think or what will do be done. Ultimately, um, you know, Putin is a, is a, is a man to be respected. Um, what's, uh, what's funny is they tried to say that uh, <laughs> that, that <coughs> I know you'll be on my side. Yeah. This one, the funniest thing was that they. People would say to me, even on here, higher end people, yeah. that Putin's army sucks and <clears throat> he has no idea what he was doing and he got bad data. And I said, if you think that Putin is going to send his top people in 
so that the whole world can see his top people to take Ukraine. I got five therapists I can send you to. Come back yeah. in after you talk to them. You yeah. think Putin is going to send his top guys to take Ukraine? I don't think so. Yeah. That's my opinion. Yeah. Well, I'm you know. Yeah, me too. I. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Had to cut that out of the segment on the coffee. Okay. Um, I'll get a coffee box. I keep doing it too. <clears throat> the. Um, I didn't get the memo when you have a little kid, you start. I never got sick. Yeah. Now my daughter's two and a half. I've yeah. had two colds. Well, I got a little uh, little cough going on here. It's my vocal cord, so I'm not sick. But anyway, sick. they just get a little tired sometimes. But uh, yeah, you know, he's got a, he's got enough military advisors. He's got good generals, I guess. Um, you know, in war, uh, there's a lot of death on both sides. And, um, you know, I'm not inside... Uh, I'm not inside Moscow. I'm not in. I'm not there at the Kremlin. I don't know what their strategies are. I'm not saying I do. I'm just saying that um, they never play him for a fool. And um, and I don't know the relationship that Biden has with him. I think Trump maintained a better relationship, to be honest with you, for the security of the United States. Um, I think that he and Putin probably had a good understanding of things. Um, I don't get that impression now, uh, Biden and Putin, um, Putin is probably laughing at Biden every day. <laughs> Can you imagine the jokes he's telling over his, uh, vodka? <laughs> uh, he's definitely, he's definitely laughing at Kamala Harris. I know oh, that for okay. a fact. Yeah. Um, I have <laughs> talked to people that are from the country and they literally, the whole Russian nation laughs at her. Um, and it makes us really look bad as, you know, it's like, so if there was ever a time where they thought there was enough incompetence where they actually could go up against the United States and try something, you know, we're pretty close to it, to be honest with you. Do you um, think um, China makes the move while they got Biden in there on Taiwan? You know, like they were saying maybe five years. I, I keep thinking they're going to do it before 2024. He sanctions them. They cut us off. It's an easy way. I think if they were going to do it, they would do it during the Biden administration because they know nothing will be done. Yeah, that's that's why I just I, and I don't and I think they know it won't be done because I think that Biden would have promised China there would be nothing done. It's true, it's true, and that's really bad. That's really bad. That's really bad. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was just saying that you know talking about leaders that will sacrifice their people for their own hidden agenda or their son or their, or their son. Yeah. I think Biden would sacrifice the United States and our military just to look like he was going to do something, knowing that it was all rigged, to be honest with you. Makes sense. La yeah. Last two things. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Whatever you could say that, like, isn't too bad. You know, like, psychedelics have become a big thing now. Microdosing, all that other shit. Do you know about that? It's a big thing on Wall Street. It's a big Ed thing everywhere. Educate me on that a little bit. Okay, so... You know, like there's mushrooms, yeah, psilocybin, whatever, DMT, whatever. You mean the Co stuff they're legalizing <clears throat> in Colorado? Is it legal in Colorado? Mushrooms, I think they're trying to, if they haven't already done it, I think they're trying to I know legalize mushrooms. Yes, it's legal in Portland, I think. And I think Colorado's up. or Everything's legal in Portland. Yeah. <laughs> Murder's <downtown>. legal. <laughs> Drugs are legal. Burned downtowns. Burned burn downtown. Burned downtown is legal. Yeah. Exactly. So a lot of Wall Streets, they're microdosing. So they're taking small amounts of uh, psilocybin, and it, it, 
increases memory, motivation, small doses, not okay. what you're seeing. Shit. You could take, however they do it, you would have to take a ton to actually see it, like to visualize shit. All right. Uh, it's just a big thing now, and a lot of people are using, you know, they were using Coke, then they went from Coke to Providual. Now they're going to the microdosing of mushrooms with Providual. I don't know if you knew anything about it. No, but, I don't. But the but CIA used a lot of psychedelics in the past, right? You mean with like the MK Ultra program? Yeah. I think primarily from what I've understood, it was like LSD and a few other things, but um, I wasn't a part of that program. I only know the program from what I've read. Uh, when I was in in uh, in house, um, I never really had the opportunity. I was so busy to even talk to anybody about that historical data. Um, but evidently, I mean, they're not denying it. And in fact, I saw saw some uh, I saw some files where they didn't deny it. They just said, "Okay, yeah, we have, and we're not doing it anymore." You know, so yeah. um, whether it was approved or not approved or whatever. But yeah, evidently they owned up to it and said, "Yeah, we were." Now. What division handled that? I don't know if that was OMS, Office of Medical Services, or who it was at that time. So, not a bad move. Can't kill you. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I, I saw some reports that it messed up a lot of people. Most experimental programs <laughs> generally, generally have a downside. You know, it's like, oh, we're going to lose some people here. Well, we watched the one uh, clip of the atomic bomb, and nobody oh. knew. You yeah. know, and everybody's running. Meanwhile, all this radiation's going up. The generals are way back. Yeah. You ever see that video? I have. Is that the one where the troops are in the ditches? Yeah, and they're, they're in dying. the ditches. We want to see up. the effects of radiation on the, you know, it's like, <laughs> okay. guinea pigs, Jesus. And I think a lot of soldiers died from uh, yeah, cancer sure after that. So that's, uh, and, and you know, that's, that's kind of been, the, that's kind of been uh, common that the military has, often been used for testing a lot of things um, which is sad and which brings me to this knowing how important the defense of the nation is and this is this blows my mind and knowing that the vaccine which is not a vaccine had not had enough testing in God's name who thought about giving that to our troops because what we're not hearing is how many military personnel are dying from the jab. Is that not a threat to national security? What do we do when our military are dying right and left, either now, two years from now, three years from now, and then you can't recruit enough people to fill the slot? Or how of, about during combat? Or during combat, exactly. This is the stupidest move I ever, it ranks right up there with throwing troops in the ditches to see the effects of an atomic bomb <laughs> who all die later yeah. of radiation. So who's, who's, yeah, I know what yeah. you're talking about, but, but whose brainchild was that? And no one will answer that. But yet Pfizer we know. And Bill Gates. Exactly. And I mean, this is like, talk about yeah. the security of the United States. Why would you not, I mean, use some common sense? Look. When President Trump said hydrochloroquine and ivermectin and it worked, why would we not go that route? But instead, we're going to stick something in all of our soul and we're going to we're going to retire people or kick them out of the military if they don't do what we tell them to do. And all of a sudden, ivermectin, you can't find it. 
there's a gazillion, all of a sudden there, there's billions of tablets. Now right. nobody can find exactly. Then the monoclonal antibodies. antibodies. Good luck trying to find that. I well, hope you know somebody. Yeah, I remember DeSantis, they, right. they, once he was successful in Florida with it, all of a sudden the federal government, it, it wasn't being shipped anymore. <laughs> so somebody made a lot of money. Somebody made a lot of blood money, to be honest with you. And I, I think, Tommy, that in the course of the next five years, we're going to have a very rude awakening with our military. I already know, and they're covering it up already, and I would encourage anybody listening to this, particularly if you're an investigative reporter, why don't you dig into the military and find out how many people are dying, how many soldiers are dying, or ending up with complications or heart attacks, or can't function in the field anymore, and then report that to America. I read it. It's bad. Yeah. Real bad. Yeah, exactly. And then what's happening around the globe. So... Conspiracy to do it? I, I don't know if it was done on purpose, but I'll tell you what, it was a dumb move, particularly when it comes to Seems like security. on purpose to me. It's just, yeah. But, you know, on purpose from the top, then the, oh, you know, absolutely. Down the they don't fucking know. You yeah. Know, they're yeah. just doing what's told. Yeah. They, they generally do. And look, when you got kids in school and, and your job's on the line, look, I know of a lot of military guys that just left. They said, fine, I'm not taking this. This is stupid. You don't even know what it does yet, you know? And, and uh and they left and now a lot of them are but a lot of people being reinstated you know that they brought lawsuits and they were you know illegally released from their companies and now and the reason they are is because now you know it's not working oh wait let's just take the first shot you won't get COVID. oh wait you're gonna have to take the second one Oh, you got COVID again. Oh, you're going to have to take the third and 15 boosters after this. And then maybe it'll work. And people are going, wait a minute, wait a minute. This makes no sense at all. You were just guinea pigs and you're killing us off. The first ones to make the bigs think about it was the Jewish community because they live and die by that uh, reproduction. Yeah. You know, and I'm not. I don't mean to say cult, but they're within themselves. Right. They live and die when that period comes. And yeah. those who had gotten the shot within, the period was off, and it messed up the whole rotation, and they went nuts. Yeah. And really, they were the first ones to come out, I believe, in New York and um, Chicago. Yeah. Because they're heavy there. Yeah. And uh, really good people. And saying, like, look, this is what's going on. You guys yeah. won't talk about it, but we will. Absolutely. Because you're messing our shit up. Yeah, yeah. You know? And, yeah, well, well, and, you know, you saw that stuff from, which is interesting, morticians. Yeah. You know, where they used to, they take a dead body and they fill it up with formaldehyde and, you know, you embalm you and then you're in the casket and you have a funeral, right? Now they can't even, according to many reports that I've seen and videos, and people can find it out there. Just look for yourself. The morticians are saying, we've never seen anything like this. We can't even get the formaldehyde in through the veins and the arteries because they're all clogged up with this rubber, this, you know, and they're literally, you should see it. They're pulling out stuff out of people's arteries that looks like a big piece of rubber. You know, it's coagulation. It's it's blood clots. It's like, I mean, like long stuff. I mean, it's crazy. So you're going, why did that person die of a heart attack? Well, he died of a heart attack because his blood's not flowing like it used to. So they they can't Pfizer and and Johnson and Johnson all those they can't explain why this is happening. So the best they can do is cover it up because it's in our face right now. And so the people that don't want to ask the questions <coughs> are the people that are still naysayers when you go to and try to talk common sense to them. Sometimes family members, sometimes friends, whatever they go, 
no, 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 it's a bunch of, it's conspiracy. It's like, no, it's not conspiracy. Open your eyes. They don't. Just use some common sense. Did you not hear them when they lied to you the first time? They, they You got the care. shot and you still got COVID. Don't care. And they said, take the next shot and you will guarantee you don't. So you took the next shot and you still got COVID. Because it won't happen to them. Right, exactly. Sadly, I have a really good friend of mine. He's on our board of directors. Sadly, um, his son-in-law had two two vaccines. He got the booster, and two days later, he died hiking just on a trail. All of a sudden, right? Cardiac arrest. Just boom. Just boom, boom out dead. there. Yeah, he was dead. <clears throat> That's what Dr. Malone yeah. was telling us. He just said, and the guy who made it, he said, look, yeah. this shit, there's no warnings. Yeah, just, well, here's the thing. This is the guy that made it. Yeah. And he's telling people four and a half hours, and there, and even even people that don't want to believe it are going. He doesn't know what he's talking about. It's like he fucking me, made it. He created it. He if created guy, an eighty-eight, and then he added the end to it, <coughs> and fucking this shit. And he's saying yeah. no one on this planet should take it. And I said, right, Rob? I said not even like elderly elderly people that are no one. No period. One. Yeah. It will kill you. I know. Whatever they label it as, it's not from that. You died from the vaccine. Don't take it. Right. Exactly. This is the guy who made it. I know. And so <laughs> this is the, this is, and, but society aren't, they're not listening. Why? They want to believe the government. And it's like, wait a minute. They're not, they're not telling you to. I mean, it's like if I create, if I'm the inventor of a nine millimeter Glock and I tell you, if you put a round in here and you put it to your head and you pull the trigger, it's going to kill you. Mm. And they go, you don't know what you're talking about. It's like, I made the weapon. What do you mean I don't know what I'm talking about? Listen to me. And so what do people do? They put the gun to the head, they pull the trigger, they die. It's the same thing with this. It's and the I, same thing. And I tried to make <clears throat> clips purposely where I would open up and I would say, like McCullough, Malone, Epstein, these are lab nuts. Yeah. They don't go on podcasts. <laughs> they don't go on the news. They right. just sit in the lab. That's yeah. what they do. So for them to come on a Rogan podcast, my podcast, whatever podcast, these guys don't do that shit. Yeah. They make vaccines, data, whatever complex, insane things they make. So for them to come out of their lab and do a four and a half hour interview multiple times, there's something really wrong. Well, here's the thing about it is they're not being paid to do it. No. They're doing it because they care about people. Right. They took their oath and they, and they live by it and they're trying to say, look. This is my duty to mankind. I've got to let you know the truth. That's why they're doing it. Not one, it. one and a penny. Yeah, exactly. And they're not making, you know, they're not writing big books and all that kind of stuff. They're just saying, look, we know what we're talking about and everybody's lying to you. Please listen to us. But you think people are listening? No. Real Some men. are. Some Real are. men. Yeah. Well, so, you know, and the hope is if even if 10 do, it's 10 that aren't dead, right? Yeah. Well, I, I would hope that our message... Um, on this subject, you know, for the audience that they look, if you've gotten the vaccine, a couple of vaccines and the booster, you need to be looking for a way to get that stuff out of your body because, and I don't, I'm, I used to, I would be a little hesitant to say this, but now I've seen so much of the devastation that's come from the jab that I think I can say this with confidence. If you don't get, figure out a way to get that stuff out of your body, you're going to die. The guy who made it sat right in your seat and said, you're going to yeah. die. It might be a two years. It might be a year. It might be it might 10. 10 years or something. But all of a sudden, you know, you cannot screw with your your DNA the way this is doing this. And it's <coughs> it's not what, I mean, look, Bill Gates is not a scientist. 
Bill Gates is not a doctor. He's and a yet, devil. And, and yet everybody believed him. Why? Let me ask you a question. Why? On what authority? Because he made the virus, remember? Right. And he made the antivirus. Right, exactly. Made the virus again. Right. So there you have it. He's a head case. He, uh, he's got like a real mental problem up there. There's a lot of people that probably run in that same club that do. He's but they're not. Uh, they helpful. are not people that are out for your welfare. No. At all. And so... American Americans need to listen to that. Actually, there are people of other countries need to listen to it, too. You know, so, yeah. Lastly, you see it? They're yeah. talking about masking up again over the uh, the R flu. Over the what? <clears throat> you know, like the, the, what are they calling it? It's just like the flu. Right. Like okay. the, 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 the R flu, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, you mean the new, whatever, the yeah, new Yeah, it's thing. just the flu. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, a couple of states called for mask mandates again. Yeah, and it's interesting. I've talked to people about the mask. Over the flu. Yeah, and you're just, and wow. when you got a mask on. I know, the flu, of course. <laughs> well, to instill, yeah, fe- to instill fear again, of course. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, so how much, how much, you know, <laughs> you're breathing behind that mask all day long. Do you think that's good for you? No, I think your immune system was here to learn how to fight shit I off. think it was supposed to also. <laughs> and, that, and that's not to say that we haven't, look, through history, and they didn't talk about this much when COVID magically appeared. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had, we had the Spanish flu. We had, you know, the Hong Kong flu. We've had all these various things. And people with pre-existing conditions generally have passed away. You know, their immune, they, their immune system wasn't strong enough to, you know, to fight it off. So that's kind of normal. And not that we want anybody to die. That's not what we're saying. But that's the way it's been. You know, if you weren't healthy to begin with, or you didn't have a healthy diet, or you didn't exercise or whatever, you were more susceptible to worse things happening as your immune system was fighting, you know, the fight of its life. Because the energy is going over here. Exactly. So when when people started uh, passing away from COVID, um, a lot of them had pre-existing conditions. We knew that, of course. Um, But... I'm convinced now, after my own personal experience in the hospital, that a majority of people were not dying from COVID. They were dying from poor hospital protocol, malpractice. I was one of those. You know, like, for example, I ended up in a COVID ward for almost two months. Wow. Who Who's in a COVID ward for two months? COVID what? What was its incubation period? I mean, what? It's like after seven days, or it was 15 days, remember? Mm-hmm. So after 15 days, you're good, right? So why did I end up there? at a price of $2.5 million for my insurance company two months later Money. on a ventilator. Oh, oh yeah. You're lucky. Yeah. So everything that they did, I was convinced was to, to lengthen out my time there for them to make money and eventually kill me off. Yeah. But I didn't die. God had, God had a different plan. And I think they were surprised that I didn't. And that's my own personal story. And, and actually being there with my family and my wife, who meticulously paid attention to all the things that were going wrong and asking the questions and calling people in the hospital on the carpet and demanding answers, you know, to the point that they couldn't get away with stuff. Had it not been for them, and of course of God, of course, but it had not been for all of them as my advocates, I probably wouldn't be here today. But they would see things and go, why are you doing that? What's that about? You know, why... Who or who told you you could give him remdesivir? 
We didn't authorize that, you know. In fact, when I had my problems, my lung fills up with with fluid. It was right after they started filling me up with remdesivir. You know, when my kidneys shut down and my liver started going bad, that was all remdesivir. That wasn't from the virus, but they tried to make it like, oh, the virus just does that. No, the virus doesn't do that. Remdesivir does that. So, you know. They tried to kill him, man. Yeah, yeah. So the, so, lucky you know. you got great people around you. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> lucky. Uh, yeah. Not everybody has, but you. Not everybody had it, and in fact, in the ward that I was in, there were people dying every day. Um, what do you call it? Code blue? Yeah, they were code blueing, like, and they didn't have family there to advocate for them, but they were doing the same thing to them. And you know you can only stay on the ventilator for so long. Yeah. Before, and they know that. They know that. And even my case, I can remember while I was all drugged up, them coming in and the doctor saying, hey, boss, if we don't put you on the ventilator, you're probably going to die. So, you know, and I was adamant about not being on the ventilator at all, but they had filled my body up with so much crap that it was shutting itself down and I didn't have any choice. And so, you know, I just trusted God, got on the ventilator, of course, thinking, okay, Lord, if this is, if this is my time, if this is how I'm going to go, then so be it. And if not, then do a great miracle here. And um, it's interesting how the story went, but, and I know we're getting close to ending here, but, um, um, the, um, the hospital was challenged by my wife and my family, my sister, um, and my parents, of course, always keeping an eye on me. And there was a doctor there that, uh, and hopefully I tell this properly because I was obviously in an induced coma most of the time. But they said, look, when are you going to take him off the ventilator? And this one doctor said, um, you know what? If he can give us 30 minutes breathing on his own, we'll take him off the ventilator. So the following day, I'm still on the ventilator, and they're going, wait a minute. I thought you said you were going to, if he could give you 30 minutes. Well, I've chosen. If he can if he can breathe for an hour on his own, then we'll take him off the ventilator. Wow. So next day comes around. I'm still on the ventilator, and they're going, wait a minute. I thought you said. And he's like, well, you know, we've decided that if he could breathe for an hour and a half, on his own, we'll take him on the ventilator. And was like, that's impossible, right? Impossible. So they kept moving the goal line, you know. And I think that now I look back, they were moving the goal line to, to buy time ass. to kill me, right? So uh, on a given weekend, uh, that doctor was not there. Another doctor came in, Dr. Van Hook. I think that was his name, right? Van Hook. Just shows up, you know, coming off vacation. And... Uh, my uh, wife and my sister and my family, they go, hey, this is what was we were told, and this is not right. What's going on with that? So Dr. Van Hook, I can remember him coming in, and uh, he leaned over, I could hear his voice, and said, Boz. He goes, I'm Dr. Van Hook. And he says, can you hear me? And I gave him a thumbs up. And uh, he said, I'll tell you what, buddy. He said, uh, if you can breathe for me for 30 minutes, I'll take you off the ventilator. How's that sound? And I gave him another thumbs up, you know. So um, they warned the family. They said, you know, this could kind of go bad. You know, if we pull the we'll pull the tubes out, you know, um, you know, it could not be good. And we'd have to, you know, put them back in and it gets ugly and blah, blah, blah. So. Um, so um, he uh, he turned the oxygen off and I gave him 32 minutes breathing on my own. And he said, okay, I think I recall him saying, okay, you kept your part of the deal. I'm going to keep mine. He goes, we're going to pull those tubes out. Are you ready for that? And it was like, yeah. And uh, they pulled them out. I coughed once. 
and Fine. I was on my own. And um, hmm. I think the hospital, they just stood around waiting for something to happen for, I don't know, 20 minutes or so or something. And uh, I didn't die. And uh, there were some nurses in tears and a few <clears throat> other people going, you know, wow. Yeah, because I think I had, I had died like, what, three times or something? Twice? Twice. Where my O2 dropped below 30 or whatever. <coughs> and one of the nurses like, I've never, I haven't seen this before. How is it that, you know, basically people are dead at this, but he's still alive. So, you know, I think there was some divine intervention, absolutely, with all that. But I say that, all of that to say this. Um, and then, of course, I had a year of recovery, getting my lungs back, and I'm still working on getting those back. But what they did to me in the hospital is what they were doing to people all across this country. And it should be illegal. They did things without permission from families. They used protocols that they were experimenting with. They absolutely knew that if they got people on the ventilator, they were not coming off most of the time. And they would string it out as long as they could to collect money. And they made a lot of money off insurance companies. So that's when I say, and because I had other friends that had COVID, even my sister got COVID and it was pretty rough for like two weeks, but she was much better afterwards. Um, my dad got the uh, monoclonal antibodies mm -hmm. um, that <clears throat> Governor DeSantis authorized. And uh, after he got COVID, it's his second day, he was fine. Two days, right? Yeah, he was out of the hospital like the next day, right? Yeah. Was, so it was good. So um, I think that malpractice, there may be a lot of malpractice lawsuits coming out. Um, I think people I are waking so. up and uh, realizing that um, a lot of people knew they were making money. Hospital administrators were guiding a lot of the, a lot of the, um, the protocols, and they were making a lot of money off of it. So I think if, if you wanted another investigation, go investigate how much money certain hospitals made off of all of this. I mean, look what happened in New York, right? Mm -hmm. With all the ventilators yeah. and all the people dying, right? And then we can't get enough ventilators. We need more. We need more, You're right? And um, so, and I've had I've had conversations with professional medicals friends of mine now, and other doctors who had other methodologies. And they were the first ones to go, we absolutely would not have put you on a ventilator. It was not necessary. You know, I had a buddy of mine that was on a, um, they started giving him remdesivir, and he got one day of remdesivir, and um, his um, breathing was extremely shallow. A doctor came in and said, the reason you're breathing is because we have too much fluid in your body from the IV. He reduced the IV. Guess what happened with his, his breathing? It went back to normal again. So, so a lot of, there were a lot of smart doctors out there. And then he immediately ejected out of the hospital on his own. He goes, I mean, he pulled the remdesivir thing out. He goes, I'm not doing this. Went home. He's been fine ever since. It's like you go in and you got one doctor on the payroll and you got one doctor that isn't. Exactly. And, and, if, you, and if you get the guy to come in that isn't, you're going to make it out. Exactly. If that guy never comes in, they're yeah. just going to slow Slowly yeah, kill you. And exactly. if you don't have a family, you're done for. Exactly. And you know who I feel the worst for is the nurses. I know a lot of nurses that young girls mm -hmm. that had to get the vaccine or they would lose their job. Yeah. And they would say, look, you know, I just went to school. I just became an RN. I have a little daughter or son. What am I going to do? Quit my job? This is what yeah. I did. 
and yeah. they got the stick. Well, and I've got and friends. Now their periods are all fucked up. Yeah, and I've got friends who are both male and female nurses across the United States that I built um, medical relationships with when I was on the board of directors um, at a quantum medical facility. And they did not, this is what's interesting, none of them got the jab and none of them got COVID. And they were in COVID wards. You know what they did? They took, iver, they took ivermectin, yeah. hydrochloroquine, or they did something like a neti pot every night to wash their sinuses out. And to this day, they've never tested positive for COVID. I never got it. And they refused to I because did they just yeah. didn't. Yeah, there you go. They just didn't trust it. So there were better ways of doing it and keeping people alive. But you can't make money that way. Nope. You can't nope. make money. And ivermectin is generic and too cheap. So that's is right. hydro, that's which exactly I can never right. say it right, and so yeah. is the monoclonal. Yeah. And <clears throat> I always use that nasal spray. Yeah. And then if I felt something, right away I would take ivermectin and the hydroxy one. Yeah. Not, I never got it. Yeah. And I tested yeah. it. I could have swore a few times I had it. Nope. Not, and not that PCR bullshit. Yeah. I, there, well, it's, 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 it's all bullshit. Essentially, my wife uh, finally realized that she got COVID. I never remember her being sick once. <laughs> Yeah, she, you know, she had her blood tested under a dark field microscope, and our, our good friend, who's a scientist, went, you know, you had COVID one time. It's like, what? I mean, never. She never showed any symptoms. Now, it could be because, you know, she grew up in Venezuela, and she ate worms and dirt and stuff. I don't know. You know, so. I didn't anyway. say that. <laughs> so, <laughs> it could be Better that. be careful. I you know. might be CIA guy, but, you know. That's it. So, anyway. Yeah, she could. Kill. Now I know why you guys have been together so long. She could stab me in my sleep. Okay, there you go. Oh, suddenly he died with a garrote around his neck. Don't the, worry. I won't say nothing. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, um, you guys yeah. Have it's a lovely a, relationship. It's a shame that uh, it's a shame that that's where we are, but that is where we are. And if God will help me in the future, provided I never get sick again, I mean, we do a lot, of, take a lot of precautions. I never want to go in another hospital. Me neither. You know, I think I'll go to a veterinarian if I get a broken leg. I'm going to go to a vet instead. I, I won't go, even do go to fix. a PCP. I won't. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> you know, I call my psychiatrist. Yeah. Because he went cash only. He said, "Fuck big, fuck the." Uh, Big Pharma, because when he would prescribe his patients, say, Klonopin, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Klonopin brand name works different than the generic. Some generics are just as good. He was a real doctor, a real therapist for anything. I actually went to him. Uh, it's a long story, but he became a really good friend of mine. Yeah. But when I first went, he was dealing with insurances. And when he would write brand name on the prescription, the insurance would give him hell. Hell, hell, hell. But- he knew that the brand name worked a lot different than the generic. So if he's trying to get somebody off of out of depression, off of drugs, anxiety, whatever the hell the case may be, he wanted to give the best for the thing. So he decided one day, I was in there, he goes, you know what, Tommy, I don't care. I'm leaving this cash only. I've done this 52 years. If nobody comes, whatever. Week later, closed down for a month. I'm like, what are you doing? Got his own office, cash only, no insurance, didn't lose one patient. Yeah. Still was booked seven times a day. He's a doctor, doctor. So I would go into him and say, hey, I feel like this, that, whatever. Okay. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. A real doctor. Yeah. Yeah. They're out there. And I'm convinced that there were people. In fact, I know there were people working in the hospital, nurses and, and some doctors that actually left hospitals yeah. because they didn't approve of what they were seeing go on. Um, and I know that uh, my wife and my sister actually overheard conversations in the hallway amongst 
uh, staff, hospital staff, when they didn't even know the downside of things like remdesivir and stuff like that. And, um, and they were like, you're kidding me. What? We didn't know that this, you know, it'll cause your lungs to fill up with fluid. It'll cause this and this and this. Um, they didn't even know. So now you've got people that are supposed to be knowing what to look for in case of an emergency, but they don't know the side effects of the drug that they're using on you, which, by the way, was an experimental drug used for Ebola and a couple of other things, right? Who decided it worked for COVID? Guess what? It didn't work for COVID. My immune system worked for COVID. The remdesivir screwed up the rest of my body. Yeah, it didn't. They can't. They can't prove. I, I've I've yet in conversations to have anybody show me that they know that remdesivir kills COVID. H- have you heard anything about that? I haven't heard remdesivir since you just brought it up. Probably yeah. since it first since COVID yeah. first hit. Yeah. So it was like, okay, now you're doing the same thing you're doing with the jab, just an experimental thing. <sighs> you know. And so, did they make a lot of money off of remdesivir? Yeah, they did. sure did. They should. How much would they have made off for ivermectin? Nothing. 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 But remdesivir? Yeah, a lot. Once again, it was the same thing. They convinced people to do it. So, you know, this is the world we live in, and you have to be smart. And fortunately, we have access to more information than we used to, so you can take it upon yourself to get a little bit smarter. But people like... Dr. Um, McCullough, McCullough, yeah, all all those guys, you know, these are guys to listen to, you know, and they're not there. And everybody tries to make them look like they don't know what you're talking about. I mean, they're well published. You know, they're well published. They're the tops. <laughs> I know. Nobody, so, nobody's made more vaccines than Malone. Yeah. So nobody's, like, nobody's got more approved, uh, whatever you call it in McCullough's case, he's got more papers written and verified and approved than anyone in ever. Right, right. And Epstein, he's yeah. a whole other ballgame. But what happens is they upstage the pharmaceutical companies mm-hmm. and the pharmaceutical companies run a campaign to destroy them. Yep. Because, or kill them. Because pharmaceutical companies aren't the doctors. The doctors are the doctors. The pharmaceutical companies are chemists and they make chemicals. To okay. make money. To make money. Doctors practice saving lives. Yeah, exactly. So we got a lot of people listening to the wrong people, like listening to Fauci or like listening to the CDC or listening to the federal government. Take this, take this, do this, don't do this. Stop. Stop it right now. Or your life is going to end up, you know, six feet under. If people don't start thinking for themselves, it's over. Yeah, absolutely. Game over. Yeah. We're in the fourth quarter. You know, it's interesting. <coughs> what happened to all those people? <clears throat> this is really funny. What happened to all those people that were up in arms about the chemtrails? Where did they, where are they? And and I agree with them. You know, at first, what chemtrails were like conspiracy, right? Yeah. They're not putting barium in there. They're not controlling the weather. We know chemtrails exist now, and they don't even hide it. So the question is, what is in the air that's falling into the water that's creating all of this stuff? So where are those people when it comes to the vaccine? You know, you know, it's the same thing. So like, like I always remember the National Organization of Women, all about women's rights, right? Yeah. Now, yeah, yeah. where are they in protecting women's rights with all this transgender crap? Where are they? Because I, we gave women the rights, right? Uh, WNBA, 
Throwing thing, and now what the fuck? Yeah, now, you know. So you don't. I don't hear. I don't hear anything from the National Organization of Women when it's like, oh no, let's let let's. You cannot be a man dressed like a woman, acting like a woman, and compete in women's sports. If Where I are fought, they? If I fought ten years as a woman to have women's sports, men's sports, right? And this shit came along. I would be screaming at the top of yeah, my lungs. But I don't hear anything from them. So, huh. I mean, they may be there. They may have an agenda that I'm not, I haven't heard anything. The media doesn't cover it. So, oh, yeah. Know that. So, you know, maybe maybe they were used as a political ploy for something else. I don't really know. You know, so, <laughs> you know, we live in a we live in a pretty hypocritical world. You know, sometimes with all of this. So, yeah, like you said, Tommy, you know, you're exactly right. If American people don't wake up and start thinking for themselves, um, they'll be sold off. They'll be bought off. They'll be buried off, whatever it may be, because um, their society is under attack to some degree. You know, if there was one thing that should unify us, I mean, there's many things that should unify us here in America. One is our, our belief in being Americans, the Constitution. <coughs> and all that. But if there's one thing that should unite us across party fronts, it should be the fact that it's us against them. And you should ask yourself as an American citizen, who are they? Who are the thems? You know, who are the elites? Who are the people at the top of the food chain that are trying to control you, kind of troll, control your economy, kill your you. money, and basically all of this to kill you? What side are you on? I mean, that's kind of what it's going to come down to. Yeah, it will. You know, and I think uh, the more Americans need to kind of look at that. And I'm not I'm not advocating violence. That's not what I'm no, saying. No. I'm saying that it's becoming more and more evident that there are those that are in power that want more power, and they will do it at the expense of every single American in this country, every kid, every teenager, Every college kid, every adult, every elderly person, every teacher, every, every doctor. teacher, everything, you know, yeah. and you may think that, you know, you may think that, oh, I'm, I'm a liberal leftist, whatever, and I'm protected by this administration. Let me tell you what, you're running with a pack of jackals and they will eat you alive if it is convenient for them. If you're in their way, you're gone. That's exactly right. So, you know, you know, I tell people just be an American. Stick with the Constitution. You start taking sides, far left, far right, whatever it may be, you know, just be a good patriot and live by the moral compass that was put in place by our founding fathers and a Judeo-Christian nation. And don't let anybody fool you when they go, oh, it wasn't that. Yeah, it was. That's how we were founded. Study history. You know, that's what that's the founding fathers were part of all of that. And you know? is it the point to want the best? Not red, blue, green. Right? It's just whatever's best. It doesn't yeah. matter. Well, to some degree, yes, but in an opinionated world, some people may think the best is socialism because they don't know any better. But talk to anybody who left a socialist country that now are, are American citizens. Listen to them. They'll be the first one to tell you, you don't want to live in Cuba. You don't want to live in Venezuela. You don't want to live in the Soviet Union as it used to be. You know, talk to the elderly that grew up in Hungary and Ukraine and Czechoslovakia under the Socialist Republic. 
And they'll be the first ones to tell you, you do not want anything but a democracy. <laughs> yeah. And capitalism is a good thing, believe me. Oh, yeah. You know, it's what gives you the right to work, <laughs> and it's what gives you the right to be a poor son of a gun and work hard and become a millionaire in this country. Exactly. You know, and, and the not middle have to class, get everything approved by the government. That's right. You know, it's what allows you to not be overtaxed. You know, it's what allows you to have the government not take as much money from you, your hard-earned money. So protect it and believe in it. I mean, it's worked a long, long way. And if you don't, I'll tell you what, you'll learn the hard way. One day, if our economy continues as it is, and people now gasoline is $10 a gallon, or a loaf of bread is now $15, or like you can't get food because the delivery trucks that run on diesel can't afford diesel fuel because now it's $28 a gallon. Even though we could get it right here in America? Even though we could get it right here in America. You may be going, wow, this sucks. But guess what? It's going to be too late. It's going to be way too late because once they get you by the short hairs, let me tell you what, they're not going to stop. They're going to do exactly what they continue to do. They're just going to get more and more and more until you're beat into submission. And the U.S. government becomes very socialist in nature and ends up controlling every single thing in your life. Now you have no more freedom. You have no freedom of speech. You don't have no freedom of religion. You have no freedom to drive where you want to drive or... If you drive past the 50-mile limit every month, you now get taxed because there's some Green New Deal and you're polluting the world up more than you're allowed to pollute up because we decided in the Democratic Party or whatever that this is a new law that serves all the people. It's pretty socialist. So Don't forget about your browsing history. We'll reflect your credit score. That's right, too. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing they do in China, yeah. the whole thing. And people now. go, oh, that would never happen. I think last night we were talking to laura actually and she was talking about that it's already being done in austria or switzerland or someplace where you're only allowed to drive so much per month and if you drive more hours than that or they determine you've driven more than so many miles you get you get penalized is that over the green thing yeah what's that 15 minutes and that's over is that over the green is that over like the whole green thing? Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Well, so, if you look at history. Yeah. It's happened so over and over. If they're doing it over there, <laughs> you can bet it's going to be here. And you know how many people will buy into that in America? They'll be like, oh my gosh, that's great. It's great for the planet. Yeah, we shouldn't be driving more than 25 miles a week. And, uh, and uh, yeah, because we're polluting and some some great science wizard, along with, once again, the CDC and the federal government oh, determined okay. that, yeah, you know, we shouldn't do this. So we agree with it. So, yeah, those people that drive more than 50 miles a week, yes, they should be penalized because we are the world and we're supporting this world effort. And it's it's hogwash. Now you don't have freedom. You know, you paid for your car. You worked hard. You know, who's restricting? You want to go visit your family. What, you're going to be penalized because you drive to Florida for Christmas? That's well, wrong. the only way it doesn't happen is if we think for ourselves. Exactly. Yeah. Or it gets bad enough, quick enough, that people wake up. But like you said, it be too late. It generally is too late. It's a harder hill to climb afterwards, generally speaking, yeah. you know. So we'll see how it unfolds. 
pull up uh, Ark Rob and uh, go over Ark so uh, people can donate, look at it, everything else. Great thing. I, I still can't believe that. However you say his name, Josiah Mizukami. Mizukami. The Messiah. Yeah. Yeah, I can't either, you know. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure there's probably more out there no. than that guy. So here's Ark, right? Yeah. Yeah, the Association for the Recovery of Children, we were founded in 1993, one of the longest-running child rescue NGOs in the United States. And uh, Congratulations. We're... we're we're blessed to, as you know, we've, we're to do a lot of good missions and stuff. Yeah, you can go to our website at www.recoveryofchildren.org and um, learn a little bit about us and everything. And, uh, and of course, thanks for putting that up, the book, uh, Something Bigger and Overthrowing Small Governments. Thank you. You can yep, get that yeah. on bosbooks.com, of course. All bosbooks.com? Yeah. We'll have that in the description. What's that? I'll have. I'll make sure I have that in the description. Okay, cool. Thank you for putting Website it up. For I appreciate the, it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, of anyway. course, man. Thank yeah. you very much, sir. Thanks, Tommy. It's good to be here with you guys yeah, again. You, Thanks, brother. Yeah, man, that was awesome. I love yeah. it. I'm you guys better be back soon. Well, you have us. We'll come back. We'll come back with some new. Actually, um, Malone yeah, never got in touch with George, um, so or Brian. So they want to. They want to help him. Um, and these are the guys I was talking about with the lawsuit. Yeah, going up to uh, yeah that stuff. So the criminal lawsuit. So please mention to him again if he's interested. He may not want the support, but these guys will provide that for him and everything. So we'll um here pretty soon. We'll have some more juicy information coming out. So yeah, we'd love to come back and spend it. We 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 love being up here with you guys. It's great. Oh, I and, appreciate. And, Tom, it. and Tommy put on his winter jacket toward the end for you guys. Look, he's got. The, I did oh, get a little chilly. I got a little chilly at the end. I got a little chilly. Thought he was back up north there for a second. Yeah. So. How about it? And thanks for wearing the undefundable shirt. <laughs> well, we love it. Yeah, of course. There you go. Yeah, undefundable. And I look jacked people. in it. Yeah, you look good in it, man. <laughs> we the people. If I could just get taller. <laughs> you got anything for tallness? Uh, no. <laughs> you're doing great, man. Don't worry about it. You they know, have a shot for that, I think. Doing, no? so. <laughs> I'm not taking it. I'm not taking any fucking shot unless I make it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So anyway, but yeah, it's great being here with you guys. Awesome. We Love it, man. Awesome. Your family talks, coming. man. Thank, thank you. you. And thank, thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for hey, dealing guys. with us nuts. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the best shows out there, I think. So. Oh, right. thank you, Beth. Always a pleasure, man. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, Tommy. Mm -hmm.